Bob. Hello. Hello. Let's add Sue. Move the microphone into podcasting position. Sexy. All right. We're, we're now in position. Let's get things started. I can make a comment right now, but I won't. I'm giving you blooper gold here, right? I'm, um, I'm recording and everything, please. Oh, mother God, let me be recording. I was. Look at that. What did we do? Bob was um, giving directions on... I was, I was speaking dirty to my microphone. Okay, welcoming the live stream now. Um, what? What happened? <laughs> you just dunked a tea bag on the tape? Why would no, you do that? We used to have standards. For tonight's podcast, uh, we're going to do many different things, but we were going to start by uh, phoning in with Jen. Now, what Jen does every summer is she packs up the family. They don't have a station wagon. They have like an SUV. With, they like, have a, a big a Texas-sized Texas SUV. Texas-sized SUV, and they pack the whole family in the iPads. Everything's and, bigger in Texas. And the dog. Everything. They, well, they have a dog. I don't know what they do with the dog. They're not really dog people, so they're dog I feel bad for. But anyway, so they, they go on vacation, and they check in all over the country. They're like my grandmother-in-law, who always gets on the wrong flight. And I called her today, and I said, we're going to... My grandmother. She's my grandmother-in-law. She, does get, she, she does did get on wrong flight. She did. She went to Detroit. Yeah. Who goes okay. there? So anyway, so we were gonna check in with Jen, and I'm like, Jan, and she's like, Hi. And I'm like, Can I call you tonight on the podcast? Absolutely, Ryan. So I called her and I got her voicemail. Like, the phone's <laughs> not even on, just directly the voicemail. So that Jen. sounds about right. She's in. It's. I call it Missouri. Is it possibly called Missouri? Missouri. That's how Harry Truman used to call it, right? Missouri. That was the thing. Think Something like that. He's looking at me like, I want more probiotics. Oh my god, our cats. <laughs> We've had a bit of a week with We've the had cats. A week with cats. Yeah, Poor we have had an issue with Sammy Lots today. Lots of fun. Uh, it, it rivals the night we talked about urine for like 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Lots of things. Well, it was pro- it was Lots of getting up early to give medication and. Well, it was problematic. Cleaning up carpet. And, and I only, <laughs> I'm not going to take 12 minutes on this, but it get, we've had an issue with the cats, one cat, then the other, then the other. And I come mm-hmm. home and Danielle's like, okay, here's the deal. And that usually means surgery or something. <laughs> right. What happened was, okay, Herbie is an excitable little man, all right? And Danielle had him, I guess, in one of the I bedrooms. I think, Ryan, before yes. you go too far, the last time we podcasted, I think you didn't have Herbie yet. You were just... We did. No, we did. Did we? No, we did. We did have Herbie? Because he was... Um, yeah, no, we, we did. Doing, we did have Herbie. Oh, okay. We did. we did have Herbie. Herbie was here. So she I walked was listening the, to something wrong then. She walked into Herbie's room where Herbie was and surprised him in the litter box. He, 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 was, he was doing a number two. And he got so excited, he bolted out of the room. Oh, Rock. dear. But he wasn't quite done yet. He wasn't quite done yet. So he I know what that's awkward. like. That was a little awkward. He was dragging it behind him. <laughs> so we'll say no more because it was really gross. And he was like, oh, my God, what do I do? I'm like, grab a piece of tissue well, or something no, and take it I off. I mean, I tried to put him back in the litter box. I'm like, clearly you were not. You tried to, re- you tried to restart no, I, the, the litter box experience? I, I tried to put him back in. I'm like, buddy, you're not done yet. And he just looked at me like, but, but I don't want to. Okay, but here's the thing. Like, we're going to have kids. They're going to be doing this, like, all the time in their pants. Yeah, but they have diapers. Yeah? That's a big difference. That's the difference. <laughs> well, what were you afraid was going to happen? Like, when you take the diaper because off to clean them, it's still there. Because as soon as on something, it's just going to Yeah, yeah that's what well, it Well, I guess gross. it depends. Well, it could potentially happen. <laughs> depends. <laughs> yeah, I, need, I, I need, like, I, I need kitty yep. Sorry. So... Trouble with cats. Trouble with cats. Well, yeah. Uh, and I have a 
something. I have a new ridiculous segment called uh, Help Bob with an Awkward Social Situation. Ooh. Ooh. Now, that's just to like clarify, that. last time we left you, Bob, you were standing on the top of a chair with dogs breathing down. Like, yes, it actually ties in with that. Ooh. So, okay, let's do it. But, but we start should do something podcast. first. We should pot- start the podcast. Ryan, stop shaking the table. You just spilled my tea. I told you this table was loose. Oh, stop shaking it. We have loose it. tables. I'm, just, I'm sorry, Bob. Please continue. It, it's okay. Let's start the show. Come in, Bob. Come in. <laughs> he muted himself. <laughs> I am super excited about the thing I'm going to announce for Potter Pick Weekly. I'm sorry, Point of View Weekly tonight. We don't even remember the name of the show. I am the face of the company. Sue, do the weather. Well, it's fracking hot here today. <laughs> oh my goodness. What? You're going to the woods? <laughs> Is it time for you to become a man? In reality, I'm kind of like Hermione. Ryan Hulk. Me angry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot, my water broke. Yes, it's hot. I'm not. I'm not down with the lingo. Hot is good. Hot is good it means we're live. It means there's sound flowing. We're live, hot, and flowing. Do you really want to have a colonoscopy on the air, Ryan? I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> Lucy wrote multiple bobs, but I read that as multiple boobs. I'm very handy. Like, I don't know if you heard me explain football last week. You mean with a phone to call someone to fix it. Yes. I have become absolutely fantastic at doing it with all sorts of tapes. Why are we talking about vaginas in the chat? You brought up fanny packs. It's my vagina pack. I carry everything. So, uh, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. Is it like Hermione's magical expanding bag? She can fit everything in. Can we please change the topic? I'm getting upset. I'll be right back. i got to find some pants. I am severely allergic to latex. More don't ask how like, I know that, Puffle. I don't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't hear anything <laughs> either. That should seriously be the Puffle motto. I don't hear anything. <laughs> hey, are you talking, Ryan? Bob, Bob, Bob. <laughs> this is awesome. I, Bob. It's so funny. Ryan comes in like at random points, and it sounds like he's just yelling at random things. I am things. yelling. I'm yelling, yeah, Bob. Bob. Yeah. And I realize that I have child locked myself into my car. I'm going to break the door down. Bob sends me a thing. He's like, I think Danielle should be on the podcast more. She makes positive contributions. We should turn the cameras on. Turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> Number two, when she's here, you talk less. The bad thing about having your own laptop is you're not close enough to actually slap him anymore. Is that correct? Yes. Ow! Ow! I'm not speaking a foreign language. Actually, I'm wearing skinny jeans. Skinny jeans. Sexy. Leo and Jen know each other very well. Jen broke his bones. But he is lovely. <laughs> and... <laughs> Every time I play a Sims game, my character just ends up doing porn. You believe that Texas should secede from the United States? But no, I don't. So then we just be Mexico again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why are you drawing a piece? Don't say what sorry. it is. I'm sending it to Sue. Okay. <laughs> Where is Sue? <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to picture Jen in possession of a BB gun. I don't possess one, but I have shot someone with one. Maybe if you could just lean into your left. Hold on, switch to computer. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I didn't know we had a dress code, apparently. <laughs> Not only do we have to be here on time, <laughs> we have to work. <laughs> Close. You're like odd sounds of me gagging in the background. <laughs> Stop That's drinking tea. Right. 
I've never seen a cat do that. He is gonna destroy the house. I'm gonna have to move him with Bob because he's great lighting. I still have most of my evening to go. I'm like trying to keep my eyes open, and you're like, oh, God, I'm gonna go for jog. Whatever. <laughs> so if you have any questions about relationship type products or whatnot, products. <laughs> products. Oh, wow. And she's showing you the proper way to use a vibrator. And she had like a ramp. It was horrifying. <laughs> I'm sorry, the cat is now humping the coffee maker, and I just find that unacceptable. <laughs> This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. They freaking built another Burger King across the freaking street. <laughs> well, put a shirt on. You won't have to worry about this all. Bob wears pants now. Screw this. I'm going home. Good night, everyone. <laughs> the the worst podcast Wake up and smell the cat and dog poop, <laughs> This is part of Point of View Weekly. For the episode we don't remember because Sue lost track. I'm your uh, host. Excuse me. It's like 61. It 61. 61. Oh, it's 61. 61. I thought you said you lost track. You, you, you were editing them in out of order. And you didn't know which one. I <laughs> had any number Because Ryan didn't number them. They're just up as Skype 7. No, but if you look at them. two of them come up as the same number. No, I have to defend myself. Okay, They're now up, we can't even get to an intro. It's up as Skype, like, 2014-0520. That's the Skype of the, the 20th of May, year of our Lord, 2014. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And with that, once again, I am your host, Bob, and joining me here in the studio is the usual crowd, starting with Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing this evening? I have a shaky table, Bob. That sounds like... Yes. And, and apparently, as I monologue, I make inflections with my hands and it shakes the table, and Danielle gets very upset with me, Bob. Speaking of Danielle, we also have Danielle joining us tonight. Danielle, how are you this evening? Uh, I'm good, Bob. I've had a little bit too much experience this week with kitty poop. Okay, you're bringing it back to the poop? Other than that, it's been fantastic. We've already done a segment on the poop. The only thing is when you said I had too much... To drink. I gonna, That's what to I was drink. <laughs> you were gonna say. I was like, this should be a very yes, interesting. I've yes. had too much chamomile tea. Uh, Ooh, Danielle, we're drying chamomile right now. What was the thing you took the other day? Oh no, because um, you know how I've joked before. Danielle will wrap herself in the blanket and say, "Put on, you know, the, the seven-hour movie," and she's gone within five minutes. The mm-hmm. other day, she, we put on a twenty-two-minute something, and she's down in four minutes. And when she wakes All up right. hours later, she's like, "Well, I did take a tea that sedates you." I'm like, "You took a sedative?" Well, and no, I started blanket. drinking sleepy tea. Time tea yeah. at night because I've oh been yeah that's trouble. nice I've been having trouble staying asleep and when you wake up at three forty five you want to sleep through the night yeah I found that too you know. Yeah. Speaking of sedatives, listening to Ryan on Potterfake Weekly is a great sedative. I've recently started listening to the show again, and it, it's been helped my sleeping habits significantly. Maybe, maybe, oh, Bob, maybe I should try that. You really so, should. There you After go. the last podcast, I sent her the link to the like the longest edit ever, the five years in the making, the uh, season three recap. And the next day, she sends me a message. Now, for her, it must be like one o'clock in the morning. It's like the next day for her. And she's like, I, like season three, I am on fire. And she's like, <laughs> so... She's good in that season. Every once in a while, apparently, it keeps you awake. And because this is the introduction that absolutely will never end, finally, we have Sue in the producer's... Sue would be number four. And Sue, who is in the producer's booth, Sue, how are you doing? I'm good. I have a mojito. And it's not a virgin mojito this time. I had a virgin mojito with lunch, but I figured podcasting, got to put the rum in it. I would probably do some sort of alcohol. when I can visit. 
I would love to. Scarlett wants to know who the female host is that isn't Danielle. That would be that'd be That's Sue. Sue. That'd be Sue. That would be me. Seven thousand dollars. <laughs> I tell you, our fridge yesterday, our fridge broke. Um, the, well, the it freezer, didn't. No, it well, didn't the, break. No, the free, well, can I tell you? The, do you remember last time? I, I forget if this was was this here. Or was this? No, this is when we had friends over last week. My, we were playing board games, and Danielle kept yelling at me. I was doing it wrong, and every time she yelled at me, I was doing it wrong. It turned out I was in fact doing it right. The other day, I'm like, the fridge is making funny noises. No, it's not. Yes, I think it is. Well, it always makes this noise. All of a sudden, alarms start going off on the fridge because it's clearly malfunctioning. So we had the guy out to fix the fridge. Yeah. So the guy came out to fix the fridge. Every time we have someone come out to the house to fix something, Danielle bonds with them. They're like BFFs. I can't help it. I'm very nice. People like me. You do. So the guy is now Danielle's BFF. So he calls my cell phone today. Now, I literally met him as he's walking out of the house. I'm walking in because I was coming in from work. So he calls me today and says, you know, I was out at your house yesterday. I fixed your fridge. There was a piece that broke. I need to just drop it off. Can I do it today? I'm like, no, today doesn't work. He's like, now, was it you I talked to? Or was it, I'm like, well, you talked to my wife. He's like, I'm so sorry. I couldn't tell if it, if you were a man or a woman. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I'm like, seriously. I get See, yeah, he's my BFF. I get yes, man. I get yes, man, like two, three times a week. I've never been yes, sir. I got yes, man, so it's in my face. I have a full beard. <laughs> you, like, you, can't, you, you can't tell that over the phone, though, Ryan. No, to my face, to I got yes, face. Man. Well, when you oh. get a little, like, going, when you get wound up, your voice does raise in register. It, so it, it gets really high. It's really high pitched. It's really high pitched, man. I was a man. co-worker. I was at work. Even now, it's high pitched. I'm very upset. <laughs> The more upset you get, the, the more upset you get, the more girly your voice gets. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. You're welcome. Whereas Bob's just becomes deep and manly. He actually uh, sounds like Sheldon Cooper. I know. So we start talking about lower register. Lower register. But uh, yeah. So um, all right. So I need you guys' help. Okay. I'm not sure what okay. to do with the social situation, and I hope to God they're not listening to this show, which I don't oh, think they are. No or, one's or, listening. Or, <laughs> not, <laughs> I can't. Who? No one listens to this show. Aww. Only masochists do. Thanks, live kidding. chat. Anyway, kidding. so as as we uh, we'll do a flashback to last week where I was exciting. podcasting at my friend's my my two friends' house. Yes, uh, they're mm-hmm. a married couple, and they have these two. Lovely little doggies. Uh, they're like Dutch hounds or something. I think that's what the, the breed is. Wait, but anyway. are these the ones you were dog sitting? Yes. Oh, they're lovely. They're very, you know, the dogs very lovely. Yes. Remember you jumped in the pool? They're the dogs from hell. Okay. You, oh, yes. But okay. uh, unfortunately, uh, they are, they're both male. And this is a lesson in why you don't own two male dogs. Okay. Because mm-hmm. they go into marking wars. But are know? they, Bob, are they fixed? It doesn't matter. Uh, oh, it doesn't really? matter. It's it's all about dominance. Because even and, with, well, with cats, if you fix them, that tends to go away. Well, traditionally, what happens is it's usually if you have like a dog, like a like if you have the two dogs. Yeah. Excuse me. And the older one is much more like one of them is significantly more dominant. Yeah. But the older one's significantly dominant, then the younger one usually like you know submits. Mm-hmm. Problem is the two dogs. There's Wally, who's the older one, and then there's Gus, who's the younger one. Yeah. And Gus is a dick. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to put it out straight. Like, he is a total dick. This isn't like, like he just awesome. isn't like you, but he's great th- th- Think of, like, somebody who, who feels the need to random, like, let's say you, like, you're, you're at work, and you have someone over your shoulder, and, like, every, like, two minutes, they feel the need to, like, go and bite your neck. Like, this is what, like, oh, this, is this so, yeah, so poor, so poor Wally gets abused all the time, and he's the old one, and he should be, he, he, he doesn't express his dominance, mm-hmm. and because of this, they have these marking wars, but anyway, we, this, we, you all know this, I, I told you guys this last week, and, you know, this lasted, we did this for a week, and, you know, everything went well, 
Um, they're probably going to need to get some serious carpet cleaning, but you know oh that's God, the way it yeah. goes. But here, here comes here comes the part where I need your guys' help. See, normally these are my friends, and I don't like. I told them up front, like I, you know, you guys don't need to compensate me. It's like it's not that big of a deal. They're like, no, we're going to compensate you. We always compensate you, and I'm like, that's fine. And they usually compensate me, and it's you know, it's and it's it's relative to you know what the what the task has been done or what I've done for them. Okay. This particular time. I don't know if they just feel really horrible about, you know, the situation that I was thrown into, but I was compensated far beyond what I would have ever begin to imagine for this five day. Uh, like, and so they just gave it to you. They didn't ask you like, no, like they, there was nothing said. Like I said, I didn't. And so they said, so I get this check and it's for an, ex- I won't say for how much, no, but yeah, well, yeah, like yeah. what, yeah. Per, like how but, many times is it like five times what you got last time? Is it, I will say that it is, I'll just say this, working at my current work, working a 40 hour week, my take home was less than what I did for Whoa. this particular. And how long did you pet sit? Was it five days? It five was five, days? over five days. So you were and living I, at I, their house? And you, I, yes. I was, that's the thing is I wasn't living at their house and they knew I wasn't living at their house. I stayed a couple of nights just for the, you know, yep. just to kind of help out the situation. Cause I, I, I noticed that they weren't as, uh, P excitable. I mean, all over the place when I was yeah, there. Right. Um, I did catch them a couple different times, but so. I mean, but did you clean and, up the pee every time they? I, to the best of my ability, yes. Yeah. Okay. So. Wow. So that. So my question is, is to for the social etiquette people in the chat and for my fellow co-hosts, is it one? Do I say okay? This is what they feel is you know an appropriate amount for compensation. Yes. So just let it go and just because you and because like or two, do you say you know here. I appreciate the thought, but this actually makes me, makes me feel relatively uncomfortable. Sorry, there's stuff that's going on with my throat. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And do I and potentially... I'm getting cho- choked up there. I'm getting choked up about the amount it's of money a, I was given. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I guess the question becomes is like, I, I, I'm okay. I don't know. It's just like there's a part of me that's like. Well, well, okay. So what did you say when they gave it to you? Like, did they just hand you I, an envelope and you didn't open it? Like, what happened? Well, here is this is also the interesting situation. Was um, I had was going to grab coffee with mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. and uh, he already had plans with another friend, another mutual friend of ours, and he's yeah. like, "Why don't you just come along?" And I was like, "Okay, cool. It sounds like fun." And so he hands me the the check in front of the other friend. Oh. So I'm so, so it's hard to say anything. Exactly. So it's like if it was just us, I'd be I would have probably like said something on the spot. Right. But instead I'm like sitting there and because ironic okay, we were actually in the car driving somewhere. I was in the back seat and they were in the two front seats, so I'm just sitting in the back seat like literally flabbergasted. <laughs> like my my mouth just like slap a jaw yeah, slap. I mean yeah. just to be clear, so like I, I know I know you told us how much it was in comparison to your normal pay. Was right. it fair to say this is like double what they gave you last time? This is triple what they gave me last time. Let me ask this. Last time, were you cleaning up pee everywhere? No. All right. Like, let me say this. Actually, a little bit, yeah. Okay. I mean, what, what, I, <clears throat> excuse me, what I would say is that, you know, when I was a kid, you know, my mother was girlfriends with mm-hmm. a woman who had a son who was my age, and we were best friends, so the mothers would always do a thing, we would do a thing. And the most annoying thing I ever had to put up with as a child is when my mother owed the other woman money, she would have me run the money over to the other woman. The other woman would say, no, no, give that back to her. And we would like, you would do, they would do the stupid <laughs> thing where they would like race back and, th- and hide the money in the other person's pocket. It was the most ridiculous thing because no one wanted to just say thank you. So one of the things I've tried to do is always like, don't 
say, oh, no, don't do that. Don't like my mother once we tried to throw a birthday party for her and she canceled it because she didn't want us to go through trouble. And it was more, it was, it more, was more trouble to cancel it than it would have been to just have it. What I would say right. is it, I mean, what they probably figured is, you know, it disrupted your, like, let me ask you this. The last time you did this, were you working full time? Um, I think generally the last time I actually watched the dogs. Maybe I, no, I know. I, uh, no, I did have, no. You I don't think I have. Working. What they're probably thinking is, okay, this guy before, you know, we gave him some money. He wasn't working or mm-hmm. he wasn't, you know, making as much money. So we gave him some money. He helped out a little bit. Now this time he's very busy. He's working his butt off. In addition, he's doing this. In addition, it was considerably harder. He's cleaning up pee all over our house, you mm-hmm. know, all this stuff. And they wanted to pay you more as a result mm-hmm. of that. I would just say that was very generous. Thank you. Yeah, and I don't know. I think that's probably what I'll end up doing, only because I think by addressing it, like, I, like, there's a part of me like would be afraid, like, you know, offend, of offending them. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you were in the right. money. You, you don't, don't want to pretend. I mean, they, you didn't ask for anything. You didn't, right. you, you know what I mean? So they clearly right. came to this number of what to pay you on their own, and they right. felt that it was fair. I mean, yeah, you know, if, if you there's ever asked for it. Yeah, that might be different. Oh, if I asked for this sort of money, I would like would stop being friends with me. If there was like ever opportunity (laughs) where like you know you guys get together, you could always Mm -hmm. treat them to a nice dinner and be like, "Hey, guys, I really appreciate." You know what I mean? Like if it makes Mm -hmm. you feel more comfortable. But I mean, they clearly thought what you did was worth it. I mean, this is what they. I have a feel. See, my thing is, I think people tend to be more generous than you expect them to be because I've had situations like that too where I helped out uh, one of Ryan's his co-worker's daughter was opening uh, a bakery and they wanted like consulting advice and I mean they paid me way more than I would have asked them to pay me um, but when I tried to say no don't pay me that much they said no it's not fair to you you took your time we want to pay you this so I eventually I just said okay thank you like because you know you don't want to just sit there and argue and yeah you, you know what I mean exactly. so yeah I know it is kind of an awkward yeah. it's awkward when it's friends because you know but yeah they, that's when it makes it harder too yeah I mean they clearly came up with that and yeah. honestly you that's the thing that's interesting is like when you know when I, I used to work in a grocery store ten, working part-time you know a few hours a week you know I was this is also years ago and I think minimum wage was like five bucks an hour yeah, or something so I low. used to I remember I used to make God, like, even if I worked a full week, I don't think I ever made more than, like, 200 bucks a week. It was, like, mm-hmm. so ridiculous. And some, sometimes I would actually work a lot of hours and do Sundays and stuff. I never made very much money. When you get, you know, a real job, you make many times more of that. So you can't imagine saying, I'm going to spend this many hours doing this work for, you know, something comparatively low. So I'm also sure they looked at it and said, you know what, he's working now. He's making good money. You know, he doesn't need to be cleaning up pee for right. pennies on a dollar. So, yeah. Yeah. My, my only thought, thought was is that maybe what they considered was is if they had put the dogs up in a kennel, that's yeah. probably what it would have cost them. Mm-hmm. That so is just... probably. And it's, it's in the end, it's so much better for the dogs that they got to stay in their house despite the fact right. that they peed all over it. I mean, <laughs> right. no, because I've had situations where my uncle used to have a dog that was extremely high strung and very high maintenance and... They put the dog in a kennel because they were going on vacation. The, the kennel had to call them and say, this dog is like, he's injuring himself. He began to, like, bite himself because he was going mm-hmm. crazy. So, I mean, oh, you know, they probably don't want to risk, if these dogs are, you know, having issues with, you know, marking and whatever, they probably don't yeah. want to risk having to send them to a kennel. And we have a carpenter doing work in our house. He's a family friend. And I can tell he's always trying to undercharge me on things. Yeah. Like, he even sits there and tells me how much his underpriced quote unquote yeah. should be. And then he like says, just pay me half of that. 
<laughs> no, um, and I pay him whatever he asks for plus a little bit more. I mean, because people know that they're getting a bargain. Yeah. So they, they they felt like being generous. So I think you're fine. But I used to do the same thing. I remember my one of my friend's fathers paid me once to like do work in his office, and he I thought I was gonna make like twenty bucks. He paid me like forty, and I tried to get yeah, it's back. yeah he, for him it's uh, petty cash. He doesn't care. So yeah, no, I uh, it remind, uh, I was just thinking like I had a time where uh, like when I wasn't when I wasn't working. Um, one that would have been my, a lot of money. Yeah, I was, <laughs> when you were telling about like I was like I kind of wish it was reversed because you know mm-hmm. when I didn't have money, it was kind of nice to you know have this then, but. When you're talking, when, like, anyway, I digress. But, um, no, I was going to say, because, yeah, you're right. The whole, like, when you work for certain people and then they, they, because I, uh, when I was trying to remember when it was, it was towards the end, right before I got my, uh, when I started working with my current, uh, job, mm-hmm. I was basically, uh, a friend uh, of mine's dad, who's a plastic surgeon, needed, uh, a bunch of stuff done in his office. And That's right. So- you were, you were hanging out with the naked women. <laughs> yes. In 3D. <laughs> now you paid them to do that, correct? Huh? You paid no, them. They, they, they paid him. He, he paid me to be there. Oh yeah, because I remember you tried to give all the money, but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, but uh, over. So it was uh, yeah. No, it's it's always awkward in those situations, but yeah. Okay, so thank you guys. I think I'll just continue to keep the money yeah. and maybe buy something ridiculous. At least you know next year if they ask you to watch the urinating dogs again, at least you know. Now watch crazy. next year. The dogs will be yeah. perfect angels, and, and mm. you'll get. We'll be right cents. back here again trying to talk about yeah. to keep the money. <laughs> what? Why did they pay me enough this time? Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, but uh, okay, so um. Did you see the the amount I will be making that I put in our chat? Our chat? In our Skype. Oh, wait. Wait, in host or in... uh... Host. Host. She was supposed to be gone for... She was supposed to be gone for two weeks or three weeks, and now she's gone, like, the whole month. I'm like, uh... She's like, but look how much money you'll be making. I'm like, but, uh... How close is what you got paid to that amount? Not nearly that close. Oh, you're fine. You're an eating dogs. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this is like a four week thing. This isn't five days or seven days. Yeah. Still five. This this is And you're also you're also staying there, right? Right too? I am staying there, yes. Okay, yeah. That probably would be the case. Man, my throat is doing weird things today. Do you like a mojito? I'm good. I have probably allergies. It's messing up everybody. Too much mucus. I've been like dying. I know. I know. That was so much pollen. Well I kept taking Zyrtec and I kept like dropping dead at work. Yes. Yeah, that's that's not good. So, like, there was a night last week where his allergies started getting really bad, like, at night. So, he had to get up, uh, like, I don't know, like, 10, 10.30 at night because he wanted to take a Zyrtec because he just, like, couldn't breathe and he kept sneezing. So, I'm, like, trying to fall asleep so I have to get up early. And he gets up. I wake up. He goes, takes a Zyrtec, comes back to bed, falls asleep. Then, like, and it seems like not even awake. an hour or two later, he is out cold. And Herbie is crying well meowing but like insistently yes downstairs in the kitchen and we're you know we're upstairs doors are open so you can hear everything and he's just like down here and i'm like oh my god what so i wake up i'm well first i'm like ryan the cat is crying like nothing no response he's he's dead to the world so i'm like great i'll go get the cat so i get up i get up i go get him he gets all excited to see me he follows me upstairs and then as soon as I get into bed, he goes back downstairs and starts meowing his head off again. 
So I get up again, and finally I ended up putting him in, like, the, the bedroom, the extra bedroom that we'd had him in to begin with, like, when he was isolated. And, you know, there's a litter box and water in there. I'm like, you know what, buddy? You're just staying in here tonight. And I put him in there. And then he was fine. He didn't, you know, he didn't cry. And I'm like, what the heck was that? And he hasn't done it since. I got a good night's sleep. But you were just, like, dead to the world. You did not move. Good. Then your next morning, hey, honey, I'll just sleep. I'm like, miserable. I couldn't tell why so angry. I'm like, where's the cat? Yeah, where's yeah, the I know. It was so weird. I throw him out. I did. We got rid of him. All right, so tonight on our podcast, we're going to discuss apparently all things John Green. It's John Green. Mm-hmm. John Green. I just John Green. Well, it's like a comic. Well, not all things John Green. We've only read one of his books. Or just well, just the one. Yeah. Yes, just the one. We only talk about his other things, such as uh, Crash Course or the Vlogbrothers. Am I, I the only one who's really ever watched any of that stuff? I think so. I think you are, Bob. You are. I know about them, but I never watched the, the Vlogbrothers. Well, I saw a couple. Well, you know what this is? You know, remember, like, with fan fiction, I would read one fic, and it would get me all excited, and I'd get back into it. I haven't been reading for a couple of weeks, and I read Fault in Our Stars because I knew Sue was recommending mm-hmm. it. And it kind of got me back into reading. So yeah. now I, I bought, in the last day, I bought, like, eight books, and I've read three wow. of them. Sue, mm-hmm. you would actually like a couple of them. And I may... Give up a Kindle because I'm getting irritated with Amazon today. Okay, but so what do they do now? Well, so that's be a horrible company. They're they're well that they're um, they're they're <laughs> they've always been a horrible company. Well, no, they're they're getting into a pissing match with one of the publishers. Hey, I'll make this relevant. They're getting into a pissing match with uh, is it Hatchet Publishing? Yeah, Hatchet Company, uh, which uh, publishes a, uh, you know it's, it's, a, it's a giant publishing company that publishes many books, including the new J.K. Rowling novel, which is coming out. And what they're doing is they want Hatchet, Hatchet controls the prices that they will allow Amazon to sell the books for. So they want uh, Hatchet to lower their prices. And Hatchet is resistant to that because that goes back into their profits and what they give the authors Mm -hmm. and so forth. So Amazon has said, well, fine, if you won't do it, we're not going to allow you to um, get pre-orders for any of your books. And that's huge in, in, in publishing, you know, so first-time publishers, authors, that's where they, they get their bread and butter from. And Amazon controls like 70% of the market. So Amazon is now going back and they're, they're basically making it very difficult to buy these books because they want to, you know, squeeze some more money out of it. So on one hand, they're saying, well, Hatchet's a $10 billion company and they could negotiate more. But it's basically, I've always been a, a, a fan of the argument that when you push prices down, 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 like the Walmart strategy, you're, the people who work there make less, the people who sell the products to them make less, and everyone mm-hmm. just makes less. Whereas mm-hmm. I'd rather pay a little bit more and know that the guy selling me the thing is making a fair wage and that the author who's writing this well, book is like the able- model of Whole Foods. Right. So, I mean... It, I'm having difficulty with that, and so I'm actually looking into um, into competitors and, and maybe be willing to pay a little bit more to get books and support. The odd the thing is, and... is that we have Amazon Prime, and obviously, like mm-hmm. we've used it extensively. I don't think I've ever bought a book. Right. From well, Amazon. I did. I did. I bought. Um, well, well, um, I mean, you do with the Kindle, but I I, I buy like other stuff. Well, there's other options because I'm I'm a big. I'm a big um, like e-reader guy because I, I like I went into Barnes and Noble the other day, but I like to have my tablet on me. See, I like I'm like have... a paper book type of person. Well, today I read mm-hmm. four samples of books, um, and it, it's just it was easier for me. But I'm wondering yeah. if I almost need like from two different companies so I can buy the cheaper book, or if yeah. I want to, or if uh, I like I don't know, I like having paper books. Find a little bit of variety. But I read that. I'll, I'll um, plug them a little bit later. Um, a friend of mine. Um, recommended a book for me right after I finished uh, Fault in Our Stars. I started it last 
Thursday, and I read it in about 24 hours. Um, and mm-hmm. a friend of mine actually spoiled me on a big chunk of the ending. Um, but then she got another big chunk of the ending wrong. So I was <laughs> still, still a bit surprised. So, um, right after it was done, she's like, oh, you know, I texted her saying I finished the book and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I oh, don't worry about it. And she's like, I just read another book you might like. And I'm pulling up the info on it now. And that book led me to another book, which led me to four more. So I'm. This you have book a lot of, of books. You're well, a crazy no, man. This, this book jumped me into it. So, so you and Bob have seen the movie. Did you see yes. the movie, Bob? I have. Um, hey. Funny story. Uh, so okay. basically, um, my good friend Barrett, who's also very familiar with John Green, uh, he he read uh, the book beforehand, and he really wanted me to go see it. And I've always been, I mean, I've been a huge fan of John and, and Hanks since the uh, the Vlogbrothers. Um, what is the Vlogbrothers? The Vlogbrothers, uh, this is kind of how most of internet fandom kind of got to know the Greens. Okay. Um, not mm-hmm. to say that, you know, John's not a great author in his own right, but basically um, the two of them for the Christmas back in 2006, mm-hmm. I think it's 2006, got video cameras from the parents. And this is, you know, they're full grown men kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> and so because it's just like, so they're like, let's, what was Sorry. that? It's okay. Um, the clock, it's 5.30. Oh. Oh, it's podcasting so time. At 6, we're going to hear six gongs because mom is out in the fruit room vacuuming and, and recycling a bunch of glass like and making a, a heck of a lot of noise. The fruit room. Mm-hmm. So I decided to podcast in the main house tonight so we wouldn't hear all of that. But I forgot about the clock. That's okay. <laughs> the clock's okay. At least we can keep track of time this way. Okay, there nice. you go. Um, but basically what they decided to do is they created a YouTube channel mm-hmm. where they would communicate, do communicate through internet video blogs or vlogs, uh, every day. And so like John would do Monday, Hank would do Tuesday, John would do Wednesday, Hank would do Thursday and John would do Friday and they take the weekend off and they did, they did this for a year. Um, and they were half, hugely popular, hugely popular. But what they, what they really skyrocketed was about a week before the release of Deathly Hallows. Uh-huh. Like Hank, whenever Hank had Wednesdays, he would write a song because Hank's a musician, musician uh-huh. on like for the fun of it. And he wrote a song about having to wait for Deathly Hallows. Oh, I think I remember that. You've probably heard the song. Yeah. Needless to say, it blew up. Like, yeah. in fact, um, we, at, like at Spellcast, we even like got in contact with them asking if we could use the song on our show leading up. Basically, it took their little blog from, little blog from being like, you know, just kind of a thing amongst them to being like, including the Harry Potter huge. family. Right. So it became huge. huge. So then they, they kind of rolled into their own community known as the Nerd Fighters. Um, and they have just been growing and growing and growing ever since. Okay. Uh, they've, uh, do a lot of different YouTube channels. Uh, they have together. They do this one with YouTube called Crash Course. They're mm-hmm. educational. Uh, John did history, United that States history, exactly literature. Friend, a good friend of mine also is. A, she's mm-hmm. a huge book reader. When uh, Amazon gave out their refunds for books because the e-book settlement, she was the one okay. who got like forty-eight bucks back. She reads everything. Mm-hmm. She loves John Green, but she's a history teacher. Well, she's a teacher. She does history. She does everything, and um, she loved John Green. The guy who did the history vlogs, but never realized it was also John Green, the guy who wrote all the books that she loved. Uh-huh. Until one day she saw like an interview with him and was like, "Holy shit, it's the same guy!" So oh yeah, it's right. She was just, <laughs> telling, us that, she was just telling us that story because John Green, common name. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, you know, for those of you in the Puvuanian community who aren't nerd fighters, I would say that I am a proud nerd fighter. I'm not an active nerd fighter, but I'm a proud nerd fighter. Uh, mm-hmm. 
check out I mean, if you have a lot of time downtime and you just kind of like it's almost like kind of watching a television show mm. start at the beginning of the vlog brothers and just watch the vlog brothers and watch their their journey over here it's it's pretty amazing um and then there's their other stuff like they make education fun so right. um, they're they're very they're, they're really neat people oh and if you've ever heard of vidcon vidcon the uh the the uh, YouTube basically convention, you know, like how we have the Harry Potter conventions, they have like the yep. YouTube convention mm-hmm. that's done. Mm-hmm. That is done by Hank Green. Oh, okay. So, and Scarlett just posted DFTBA. Yeah, don't forget to be awesome. Don't forget that, to be that's, awesome. That's kind of like the uh, the rallying cry of the of the of the nerd fighters. Nerd fighters. Yep. Yeah. I remember one time when I was working at my previous job and. It turned out that one of the uh, the new cashers that they hired at one point was a nerd fighter. I forget how, like, she said something like, don't forget to be awesome. And I was like, really, are you a nerd fighter? She's like, yes, are you? And she's like, freaked out. But, uh, <laughs> well, it's like when yeah. you discover, wait, you're one of us. Like, that, yeah. that moment. Yeah, it's kind of like, I guess, people randomly going around, you know, like, doing Spock's, you know, thing. And like, oh, he's a Star Trek fan. I yeah. Well, that. apparently I've created quite a reputation for myself at work. It's apparently what I talk about. Because today, one of... um. One of our girls was decorating, like, little cheesecakes for Father's Day, so she was piping ties on them, you mm-hmm. know, like neckties. And I came back from lunch, and she's like, Danielle, you're going to love them. They look like Gryffindor ties. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, people know. <laughs> Which perfect. they did. They were super cute. They were red and gold. It's very well, cool. Hank Green is going to be here July 3rd. Really now? Nice. For what? Yes. They're coming for a concert. It's supposed to be Hank Green and Harry and the Potters, but if you look really closely, it's just Paul. So I don't uh-huh. know. And then somebody, some group I've never heard of. Yeah. Wizard Rock. <laughs> I, never, I, could, I could never get into Wizard Rock. I mean, oh, I take that back. There's like two or three bands that I could actually listen to. But for the most part, I don't know. I just, I appreciated the, what they did for the community, but I don't yeah. know. I like it. It's all I yeah. listen to. I loved Ministry of Magic. That was probably, that was my favorite band. I, uh, we had a, a retirement party for a lady at work. She's been driving our bus for 31 years. And I called and invited some people that used to work for us. And this one person's husband was a DJ. So he said, I'll come and DJ. Uh, you know, I'll just come and, and we'll play music and, and we'll DJ. And I was like, great. And I said something. He was talking about the fault in our stars. Because he was, like, really excited that this little movie was coming up against, you know, Tom Cruise. Yeah. And it looked like it was doing really well. And he just was like, you know, this is what we need to see more of. And I said, oh, yeah, well, Hank, you know, John Green and, and Hank Green and, and Wizard Rock and all of that. And he's like, Wizard Rock? Really? There's Wizard Rock soon? And I said, yes, here's a list. <laughs> and I made him a list to go look up on on YouTube. Oh, that was the friend yes. I had once who I mentioned fan fiction. They're like, oh, send me the link to it. I'm like, the link to the The fan link? Yeah, there's like it. a oh, friggin' I'm million grab, links, but whatever. It. Yeah, it's when people realize it. Now, I just have a question about this, because like with everything in fandom, you know, I came into this going, oh, this is a book Sue said I should read. I didn't know anything. Well, nerd I knew nothing. I didn't know from. anything about it. It's just all of a sudden I started seeing a ton of stuff for. So I sat stars. down to read it. Yeah. You know, you know, it like came out of nowhere. Vaguely remembering what you, Sue even said about it. You know, I'm, I'm reading it cold, and um, you know, I'm, I'm I have my Kindle in front of me now, and it's, it says I want to pick to Esther Earl, 
And then the next right. page or a couple pages later, I'm just going to read the author's note. This is not so much an author's note as an author's reminder of what was printed in small type a few pages ago. This book is a work of fiction. I made it up. Neither novels nor their readers benefit from attempts to divine whether any facts hide inside the story. Such efforts attack the very idea that made-up stories can matter, which is sort of a fundamental assumption of our species. I appreciate your concern in this matter. So clearly this is a book inspired about the life of Esther Earle. That is right. correct. I'm curious why the author's note then says don't try and think too much about it. Was he trying to, I'm not sure if he ever talked about this later, was he trying to say don't assume that Hazel is Esther? Or yeah. was he, okay, mm-hmm. just don't assume this is basically her story and I changed the Well, name. he even says Thanks. later yeah. on, he's like, I'm going to take, you know, liberties when I feel it's needed. I mean, he might not be completely factually... Mm-hmm. So he's saying, don't hold me to everything I write. This is fiction. I, but it still matters. Well, what I took it when I, because I didn't know the story, when I started it, what I assumed that meant was, don't go wondering now if this is based on a true story. Made-up stories can matter, too. So I exactly. assumed he made the whole thing up and Esther Earl was his kid or something. Like, I didn't know, because I just Esther, Okay, so Esther Earl, just a little bit of context. I was say, yeah, give us the Esther Earl story, or I will, but go ahead. Um, well, you know what, tell you what, tell you what, Sue, how about you do it? Because, I mean, I it's been a while since I know the full deal. Basic, well, okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so Esther was a nerd fighter. She was someone that had gotten to know them through the video blogs. She was a Harry Potter fan and she mm-hmm. had cancer and she was just this really neat person. She's and also she a blogger went, in her own right. Just FYI. Yes. She, she did do her own blogs. I was going to, because oh, yeah, sorry. it's okay. Um, <laughs> and she, she, I think she went to LeakyCon and met John Green at LeakyCon and she came back and blogged about it and she was over the moon. She was vibrating. She was so excited that she had got to meet him. And somehow through that meeting, they started to kind of talk. Oh, okay. And, you know, he was invited to her house. A lot of the Wizard Rock people were invited to her house. It was, she was very much into the wizard community. And when, um, and she was just, you know, she didn't let the cancer get her down. She was, a very strong person. She was very upbeat for the most part, and she was living every day for everything it was worth. Mm-hmm. And so, and and she died, mm-hmm. and it was devastating for the community. I mean, they knew it was going to happen, but they were hoping yeah, it was going to happen when it did. It's still terrible. And to this day, there's uh, an Esther Earl Day Esther that's day. been named um, the Leaky Con Ball. Is always Esther, Esther's ball. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's all these things, and they're raising money um, in her name. I'm not quite sure what that uh, – I, I know it's happening. I, I'm pretty sure it's for fighting cancer, but I don't know all the details about that. But she was just – I mean, she was one of us. Yeah. And she just inspired him. Um, to my knowledge, she did not have the great love affair that Hazel has. (laughs) But I think that John took what he knew about Esther and kind of rolled it into Hazel and made Hazel the kind of person that Esther was. Yeah. That's kind of what... Now, um, the star won't go out. Yeah, as I say, that's the name of the... Now, is that a compilation of all of her social networking released in book form? What is that? I have no, 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 no. This star, this star won't go out. Yeah, that is the uh, the charity. 
Okay. Um, oh, okay. That, that basically has been established in her memory. I think it's run by her parents. Well, there's a book. Um, yes. there's, there's a book that was really... Well, there's, there's, well, yeah, I think it's also the name of the book, too. I think they also wrote, like, a, it was like a biography or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, yeah, I think it it was just kind of like on her life and and yeah. just kind of what mm-hmm. what they so and I posted a thing in on the Puffa, uh just so I would remember it that her parents had seen the movie and they said that she would have loved it and that she would have probably seen it ten times over the weekend and would have taken everybody she could get her hands on to see mm-hmm. it. She reminds me of Varna Lynch a little bit, mm-hmm. just like that. Person who never stops being an Uber fan. I just want to say this: I have the um, this, this star won't go out of the life and words of Esther Grace Earl. Um, I have the same Esther Grace or Esther Earl. Esther Grace Earl. Grace it's Earl Esther Grace. Yeah. Earl yeah, Star Grace Earl is the middle name. So Hazel Grace. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just got thanks. Um, this is so, the just that quick. The this is the uh, couple line introduction of the book. Um, this is a story about a girl that went through a life changing experience known as thyroid cancer. It's not one of those dramatic, based on a true story, cancer things, especially since thyroid cancer is not as bad as cancer. It's the story about me, Esther Earl, having a sickness that's pretty scary, and it's um, her cancerous lump journal. Uh. Well, this is a weird week. I just want to say real, and I'll shut up and let you guys actually start talking about it. Um, this has been a weird week for me because um, I've been following the blog and the and the tweets and the Facebook social networking interactions of a sci-fi author for a couple of years. I've been posting on Facebook named Jay Lake, mm-hmm. who has had cancer, and he posted everything about it. He posted how it impacted his right, sleeping he, habits, his food habits, his sex life, his, you know, what it's like to go to the hospital every day, joking with cancer, raising kids with cancer. Like, every impact of his life that the, the cancer had on him, he tweeted about it. His his cancer had a Twitter account. Like, he, he went all in on this. And he basically said, this is the last story I'm ever going to be able to tell, but hopefully it will help. And I think he passed away, like, Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then I picked up this book, and to be honest with you, I forgot it was even about can't. I I couldn't remember what it was even about, but I had the the sample, so I read that. So I read this book, and then um, when it was done, a friend of mine recommended um, another book I might like, which Sue would like too. It was called. Um, it's by uh, Garth Stein. It's the art of racing in the rain, and it's the story of. Oh, isn't that a wonderful story? It's wonderful. It's the story of um, the life of a dog. Yes. Named Enzo. And it's, yeah. Now I'm reading another book based on the life of another dog. But um, in that book, there's a character who has cancer. So that's, so now I'm reading two cancer books and someone I've been following for two years has a cancer. So then over the weekend, I decided it's time to watch The Big C uh, on Showtime that starred Laura Linney about cancer. So, like, I feel like I've had, like, a cancer week. Um, cause I just, you, yeah. Well, while you're in that mindset, you, sometimes it's hard to, to jump into these things. And it's, it's, it's such a, like, a, a, a topic that a lot of people, I think, want to avoid because mm-hmm. everyone knows someone who has cancer. So it's it's so powerful to me that this book and the film are so insanely popular because mm-hmm. sometimes you would think people would not want to really bought they don't want to think about it. But I I, I think that's a, a very good sign that. Yeah. So when you said that, I had seen a post earlier when Jay Lake died. And it was posted by Lauren Lake, who is a Pafuanian, I think. Sometimes I get all of our names all a little mixed up, mm-hmm. and I don't know who's who, but yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And um, and I made a mental note to myself, ask Ryan if this is the person he's talked about, and yeah. then I, I immediately forgot. So I just went back through Lauren's thing just to see if they were related, uh, and they are not. 
she said, we just happen to have the same name. Yeah. We are not related. So I, that was one of the things that I was, I just went back to check. Yeah. This is so. A, this is a tough week. Um, so how was the film? Well, I think before we start, um, it's safe to say that there will be full spoilers for The Definitely. Fault in Our Stars. Uh, yes. If you have not read the book or have not read the, seen the movie or a combination of both and wish to not be spoiled, we recommend that you turn this podcast off until maybe we'll put show note when you can come back um, or not. We'll be usually pretty lazy. You can come back uh, in the closing credits. <laughs> Yeah, come back in the closing credits. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just spoiler warning, you have been warned. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. Scarlet's got something to say to us here. Um, Esther helped John write some of the story that conveys the fact that a short life can be a rich life, and he had a hard time writing a story about sick, sick kids in a complex way. Mm. Is a little bit of the background that we're getting from Scarlet, because mm-hmm. she is also a nerd fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, uh, Scott also mentioned that John worked as a chaplain in a children's hospital when oh, he was wow. younger, and that's where he initially got the idea for the, the Paul Nora Stars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay, so, starting on a lighter note, because I have a feeling this conversation can get pretty heavy pretty fast. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but I think we got derailed. I, my friend Barrett wanted to go see it. And, uh, now, being that this is a teen romance, uh, movie, even though it's a cancer story and sad and emotional, it's still kind of like a teen flick, mm-hmm. kind of a teen romance right. flick. Yep. So <laughs> there is much joking to be had about, uh, um, whether this was like secretly somehow like a date. <laughs> uh, I, I invited my other friend, my other good friend, Lucas, um, who was one of my old roommates. And, uh, he and I kind of we went there together because I was, uh, over at his house beforehand. So we just carpooled and Barrett was late. So Lucas is like, are you sure this is you weren't trying to get me to go on some kind of mandate? You really like, you know, it was, <laughs> so it was eventually I was like, I'm not going to see this movie with just one other guy. I have to see it with at least two other people. Uh, cause I don't know if I'm not secure enough in my sexuality to do that. Uh, but, uh, so yeah. Um, I want to say overall, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I will also say that part of me was disappointed that I did not cry. Um, I, I got emotional at various points and it was very interesting because the parts that, you know, you, the parts that I got emotional about were the stuff with, um, with Hazel and her family more so than Hazel and, uh, Gus. 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 Oh, wow. That's Augustus. Augustus Waters. Augustus. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, they, I think they did the, uh, the romance really well, but the emotional stuff really didn't hit me like uh, between them as much as it did between, her and her family for some reason. No, that's heard... actually no, that's actually interesting because I kind of felt that way in the book too. Well, I heard they left out the plot where her father is crying constantly. They did do that from the film, which I thought would probably set. Everyone. Yeah, there were parts of the book where Hazel's talking just completely honestly with her parents about what they will do when she's gone. That I thought were actually the most moving. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of that in there. Okay. And you could tell too that the one thing she had by the end of it was just you know guilt that. Like her mother had said when she almost had the first time, I'm not going to be a mom anymore. Just this guilt that she has that once she's gone, her parents are going to be lost. So like the joy she got knowing her mother is going to become exactly. a therapist yep. and yep. her father's. And, and she's so happy. Life is going to go mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Right. And like that's such a relief. It's like, you know, I, my uh, cousin's um, father-in-law has cancer and he's dying and everyone in the family is in denial about it, but he knows he needs to figure out this thing with his life insurance. He's got to figure out this thing with the house and the mortgage and this and that. And he's got like five things left to do. And you know, the minute he's done with them, he's going to check out. 
but he's gonna right. he's gonna go down. And that it's just such joy to people knowing that everyone's gonna be okay. I mean that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this will take us a little off topic, but my great uncle uh, lived in in Bend. So some of you will know where that is. Mm-hmm. And my mom lived in Portland. And when my aunt had passed away, she had said, this stuff is for Carleen. Mm-hmm. And my uncle Billy kept saying, you know, when can you come and get it? When can you come and get it? And mom was working full time. And she finally said, okay, I'm coming this weekend. I will be there tomorrow. And he passed away that night. He knew she was on the way. Oh, wow. And, and, you know, this was a man who lived completely alone in a trailer park and he had worked it out with his neighbor that if he didn't open his window, his curtains by a certain time to come and check on him. And wow. sure enough, he mm-hmm. had, he had passed during the night, but he waited until he knew my mom was coming. And then he was like, okay, well, people I know what's going to happen. Yeah. And that was it. Well, people know they're going to die. Like that happened with both my grandmothers. One of them knew she was dying. So she told my mother to leave the hospital and drive home. And it was a four minute ride. She, the phone was ringing that she had passed by the time my mother got home and my other grandmother did the same thing. I, you know, I'm from the perspective, I just read the book. So I was trying the, the spoiler I got from the friend of mine. She misheard me. I said I was reading it. She thought I said I had read it. And, um, her daughter had spoiled her by saying that the boy dies first. So she said that to me. I'm like, oh, thanks. I'm on chapter four. But it's, I'm like, it's a book about cancer. So I went into it thinking that Gus was going to die and then Hazel was going to die. And of course, right. Hazel is still alive by the end of the book. But, you know, all foreshadowing is that, you know, not for much longer. So the, the question I obviously had in my mind was the minute that Gus died, because they played up the romance so much, was, is she going to check out the next day? Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was an interesting way that they went where... She didn't. I, I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised she didn't because my friend lied to me and told me that she was going to die. <laughs> so was when I was um, when I was younger, probably like maybe like seventh or eighth grade, there was this young adult writer. I don't know if she still writes, but um, she, all her books were about young people with some sort of terminal illness, whether it be cancer or diabetes or something chronic and terminal that these kids live with. Mm-hmm. And I went, she wrote like a ton of, se- like, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like sets of three. Trilogy. Trilogy, thank you. She would write like trilogies that based around one character and sometimes they live, sometimes they didn't. And I was just fascinated with these books, even though they were sad and whatever. So I read a bunch of them. And then when I was reading The Fault in Our Stars, I kept like, there were certain things that were written and I kept thinking to myself, like Gus's cancer is back, even though we didn't know it yet, because it's just okay. certain things that were written mm-hmm. that she was so worried about her, you know, PET scan or PET scan, whatever they mm-hmm. call it, like coming back with something. And I'm like, nah, I bet it's going to be his. Like there was just, it was really well written. Trust me, there, it, there was well, foreshadowing because yeah. I, I knew it was going to happen. No, it was so very well yeah. written. Because I didn't, I didn't right. know, but like, right. yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it coming, but personally. like there were just certain things that he would throw in, like Gus winced or yeah. right. the something. Fight, uh, the fight and I'm like, Oh God. I'm like, he, well, even before that, I'm like, I think it's going to be like Gus that, well, because at first they made it seem like it just would bother him to move his leg around, like getting in the car. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but how painful would it really be? The leg is fake. Right, but, but he kept stop. like being in pain, and I'm like, this, oh man, I'm like, this, this is not going to end well. Like, I was just like waiting for it. Well, and there were a lot of foreshadowing if you knew. So when yeah. you once once it happened and you knew, it was like okay, and you think back about it. Yeah, uh huh, it was, it was so there, and uh huh, yeah. it was there, and 
and there was lots of places where it was. Mm-hmm. I went with um, a friend. I had said that I wanted to go, and she said that she would go with me. And so we met. I went early thinking, you know, like Harry Potter, that I would need to be there right. quite a bit early. Uh, I showed up. I was the only one in the theater for the first ten minutes. I love that. Then you get to pick your seat. <laughs> I got to pick my seat, and I had my Kindle, so I was reading Looking for Alaska by John Green while I was waiting for my friends to come. And she came in, and she said, I have a tag-along, and she brought her 13-year-old son. Wow. And she said, I didn't think he would want to go, but when I said where I was going, he said, what do you mean you're going without me? Aww. So he came, too. She had not read the book. She only knew what was in the trailer. Okay. And she was a mess. Yeah. Well, imagine. I mean, these kids were, what, 16 and 17? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it reminded you know? me of, I, I, I didn't think of well, it. Well, Gus until, was 18. It didn't even occur to me until we Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, you know, we've read hundreds of fan fictions. And what sets Harry Potter, you know, because always there's like the romances between Harry and Ginny and Ron and Hermione and all these people. And we always say that their exceptions is characters because most 16, 17 year olds deal with normal school things and crushes and all that stuff. And Harry had the fate of the world in his hands. So if they, you know, had, you know, a very intense romance, well, they thought they were going to die the next year. So why wait? So, so we always talk about how they were exceptions to the rule. And that's exactly what these kids are because they, they are, they do have exceptional lives. They get champagne on airplanes and they get to go to Disney world and they get to go to Amsterdam, you know, free of charge. And they get to, you know, not have to go to classes every day. They get well, special like, privileges it's because kind of how they're they write in this, it, like yeah. how she says it's a side effect of cancer or right, a side yeah. effect of dying. Right? Is that it's a, or a cancer perk? I think yeah. is what she. Yep. Which, it's cancer perk, which that, is why he's got a driver's yeah. license. That odd sense of humor is just mm-hmm. kind of one. Of, I think one of the unique things about the book. Um, is how it's like, just how Hazel tells the story about like, well, this is a side effect of dying. And it's like, just, you don't think of it that way. I think when you're a healthy person, um, Mm -hmm. so to see it written in that way, I think was wonderful perspective because, you know, like none of us would think that way. I don't Mm -hmm. think. Um, right. So I really appreciated that. And I like the, the thing I thought was most powerful about it. And like I said, I'm, I'm, consuming a lot of media about cancer this week and and you see it pop up. But I think um, this one did it very, very well is that when you are told narratives about people with cancer, it's always, they fought bravely till the end and they were heroic and they were this and that. And they leave out the parts where they're not themselves. Their personality's gone. They're weak. and, And they try to tell the story very real realistically. This is what would happen. You know, Gus is this bigger than life character in the beginning. He wasn't near the end. People who are bigger than life get Alzheimer's. I mean, it's just the reality of life. But at the same time, I think they showed what's exceptional about people who know their own mortality because a lot of kids that age are pricks and they have no earthly idea that if they text and drive, they could hurt someone. Mm -hmm. Whereas these kids do. I remember we did a cancer walk years ago for a 16 year old girl who later passed away from cancer and she's on her like third round of her third bout of leukemia. She's 16 years old. She's like leukemia all of her life. And we're doing this. All we did was we took a night off of our lives. We walked around a track at a high school for a few hours and she walked a lap or two with us. And she was actually out walking me. Like I was actually getting winded Mm -hmm. trying to keep up with her. And she's like, God, how lucky am I? I'm like, that's a real, like to, to be where you are and say, wow, I'm lucky that Ryan took the night off 
to, to walk right. around a track, like that's you you know something I don't know because when my computer stops working, I swear at it. So well, and that's exactly it. I think that books like this. I think the one thing you really, really have to take away from it is perspective, you know, mm-hmm. on your own yeah. life. Um, which is why it's probably funny going back to what we were talking about earlier where Ryan was joking about how I make friends with all the people that come to our house. I mean, the guy broke something in our fridge and I think he was expecting me to yell at him and get mad. I'm like, dude, do not worry about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I am not worried at all. And he was like, can I just say thank you for not yelling at me? Because most people would be yelling at me right now. I'm like, yeah, why? I'm like, it's off. not worth it. Now, granted, I had just finished the phone. <laughs> I was like that day. Yeah. But I'm just like, like really? Like, it's not worth it. It's not worth your energy. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so. even, you know, I went to my uncle's one time and and I was flying home, and, and he dropped me off at the airport, and it was snowing like crazy. They canceled the flight. And so yeah. I waited in line and, and went to get a new flight, and, and, you know, they set me up, and she said, thank you for being so nice about this. And I said, well, you know, you're not God. You didn't make it snow. You're not the one that made the decision to cancel the flight. You're just the one that's making it so I can get home tomorrow. Right. And she's like, yeah, but people don't see it that way. They see it as my fault, and they just scream at me, and they just uh, give me a terrible time. I hate, I and I was like, why? It's not worth it. It's so not yeah. worth it. As someone who works in the I was, retail. I was just going to say, Bob, yeah. you understand as much as people I are, People are assholes. <laughs> you, know, you know, I wish everyone on the face of the planet could work at least one year in whether it be, whether it be retail mm-hmm. or food service. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because... I think it would give people an extreme amount of perspective on what it's like to be in those industries. And I think, I think people would be a lot nicer to people because there is a, you know, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I I work in a grocery store that's in the upper end of town and I deal with a lot of very entitled people. Same here, Bob. (laughs) I, 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 and I, well, then again, I also, you know, probably grew up in an entitled family, so I, I guess I can understand it. But, um, I think, you're right. Having like as as a as someone on the other side, when you get customers like that, like you're right. Like when it doesn't surprise me that he said thank you, because when it comes down to it, like those customers are more majority of your customers just don't say anything. Yeah. Uh, probably a good, if it, if it, a negative situation. Probably like fifty to twenty five percent will get you know upset about it right. and you know blame you. Like like yesterday, our uh, our debit system was down. Oh, yeah. It's very inter- it's very interesting to watch how see how each customer responded. Most customers didn't like most customers like just whatever. Some customers like it's no big deal, and you know it's like whatever. But then there are people like who legitimately angry at me, like it was somehow like I like went back, your back like, and yeah, took a sledgehammer not. to the computer. I just think so it's, not... it's very funny because when people talk about the, the the moral decay in our society, one thing they often say is people should have to serve a year in the military, and that will teach them structure. I think I like Bob's idea better to stick them in the grocery store for a year. Probably, and they'll be probably like, retail. If they worked in the grocery store, I don't know this. I worked in retail too, but even more so than that, I think I've, you know, had my fair share of challenges in life like everyone does, but I've tried to learn from them, which I don't think a lot of people do. So I always try and be that customer who yells at the customer who's giving Bob a hard time. <laughs> I do. Right. Like, no, like I did that. I went to, I, I yelled at this woman in front of her kid in a, in a jewelry store years ago. 
because she was she was berating the, the poor older man who worked behind the counter. And like I remember, I, I well that you know not for nothing. You gave me shit yesterday because you're like, well, why did you pay for a ten dollar filter we didn't need? I'm like, um, no, I said the guy was wicked nice. No, no, I'm like I'm I not gonna like give this guy. Trouble. No, I would have asked about. It. Well, it wasn't Candace's was company, yeah. but you know, and like I, I remember too. It was um, talking about entitlement. We were we went to Disney World a couple of years ago, and you know, if you've gone, you know this. When you get um, when you're waiting to go back to your hotel, if you're on the property, the buses pull up. And they load uh, the people who are on the little carts first because they have to back the carts mm-hmm. onto the onto the um, onto the bus and they store them and blah 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 blah. So it, it takes so there's a long line waiting and probably takes an extra minute. Mm-hmm. Your people are on vacation at Disney World. Mm-hmm. Literally, they have nowhere else to go. Right. It's like the Vatican. You're on Disney property. There is literally nowhere anyone has to be. That, that cannot wait an extra few minutes. And people get, like, furious at these people, many mm-hmm. of whom have clear health issues. They have I'm like, oh, sorry, you're mad because this and person this, can't walk? And this woman like, is, on. like, stewing with this angry look on her face. And I ended up sitting across from her. And I got so pissed, I'm glaring back at the woman. And she starts looking at me, so she thinks I'm on her side, equally pissed. And she's like, can you believe this? And I look right at her, and I'm like, it must be so wonderful to know that you're never going to get old or sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I keep, like, I keep, you know, eye contact with her, and she nods her head. She's like, you're right, you're right. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, are you serious? Like, you're mad at this woman because she has a cane? Well, like, and it, it a, goes back to... Where do you have to be tomorrow? You're going to Like, Epcot, you were, um... A like a couple weeks back when you got apparently someone on your Facebook friends list was going off about like how annoying people oh, with food it. allergies are yeah. and it's like oh yeah oh I'm sorry I'm sorry that I have an autoimmune disorder that could potentially kill me eventually if I don't like you know address it I'm sorry I have this dis- disorder that's making <laughs> your <laughs> life inconvenient I wrote back I wrote back I'll tell my wife to suck it up Elsa. that is I so yeah, ridiculous I mean, like, yeah come that's on. the thing I mean I think the world would be a better place if people called people no it all it shit. is no all it is mm-hmm. walk a day in another person's shoes. That's all it is. I mean, you know, it's... You never know what the other person has going on. And granted, maybe that angry customer yelling at you for no reason is, like, dealing with their own shit. Okay, fine. Exactly. But... They don't have to take it out on you. I mean, it's not. And this is the thing. It's I, I, just not fair. We're, we're, we're going to talk about the book. I don't want to talk politics, but just like in 30 seconds or less. One <laughs> of the reasons, no, like the thing one, is, whether you're on two. either side, liberal, conservative, whatever, everyone on both sides, there are hypocrites. People are wrong. There are, there are assholes on each side. One of the reasons I tend to have the political beliefs I do just very, very generally is because a lot of the people, you see this all your life. When people work hard for something, when they're in school, when they're trying to get the degree, when they do whatever, they take help from everybody. They No one can do anything on their own. They always get help from either trust funds or loans or, or whatever. Everyone helps them. Whenever people get something, whenever they get status, whenever they get comfortable, everyone because, becomes an asshole and forgets that they ever needed help before. And everyone says, yeah. well, well, I never got sick. I how, Why is this person not taking care of himself? And everyone gets that mentality that they did it all on their own, so why did the hell does anyone else need help and everyone forgets that they needed help along the way of course they did and it's that mentality like like i guarantee the person who's given bob a hard time in the grocery store probably used to work in a grocery store 30 years ago and doesn't remember that they, maybe they used to sell. i mean that's just that's or they're just, just rich and that's just the thing care. so i make it my goal in life to remind everyone with an ass that they are and i hope <laughs> it's something yeah i mean i just 
in closing in this aspect, as you write, we need to get back to the movie uh, or the book or whatever you, mm-hmm. what variation you read. I just think that this, our world, like just our society in general, regardless if you're rich or you're not, it's all about how the, we're extremely self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if people really would take an opportunity to like, that's what I try to do. Like, you know, when I deal with that angry customer, my angry, my first thought is, is like, how she, what, what shitty thing is going on in your life right now mm-hmm. that you feel the need to take, be a dick to me in order to feel better about yourself. Right. And right. so that, and that's how, that's how I think, cause I know when someone's yelling at me, unless if I like done something wrong, like, you know, I have like somehow like, you know, taken their money unnecessarily, right. like right. I tra- overcharged them 20 bucks and it's mm-hmm. my fault. I get that. But like, if it's like someone's angry because of whatever, it's just like, I just try to like, it's not, it's not about me. It's about them. It's almost like at that point, you just have to step back and try to disarm them and be like, what can I do to make it right? Because there's no point in fighting. (laughs) There's just no point in fighting. Yeah. Fighting just only, only escalates. And that's why it's just sometimes it's better to either, you know, try to take care of the situation or just like let them be angry. Yeah. Which is usually the case. And you know what? It's sometimes it's, they're looking for someone who's just going to listen because that happens so many times. Like we get the same type of people and I swear they just want someone to talk to. A lot of people do. (laughs) It's funny. But anyway, back to the, one of the things I think is strongest about this story and it's this story. It's every cancer story I've read this week is that, um, it scares the ever living crap out of people. Every time you've got an ache or a pain, you think, oh my God, I have cancer. Every time you have a symptom that you don't recognize, you Google it and guess what? You have cancer. Yeah. And don't then, ever Google it. Don't Google it. Don't <laughs> the internet, Ryan. Don't you... WebMD anything. Well, Danielle was once like, you thought you had stage four cancer. I'm like, I did not think that. What I said was, if it's cancer, clearly it's stage four. Well, that's the same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's what everyone does. And one of the things people like to do in life is face their fears. You, you want to go on a roller coaster. You want a mountain climb. You want to do something that proves to you that you can survive. And the thing that scares you about cancer is the mentality is you get cancer, you're going to die. And that's it. And stories like this show what is life like surviving cancer in that you, you don't let it destroy the life that you're going to have. And what's strong to me about or powerful in this story, and especially like I have that BSG background, um, Laura Roslin on that show, I think she her character shows it perfectly. She's a character on, on Battlestar who 8 a.m. finds out she has terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, she thinks my life is over. I'm going to die. And later on that day, the world changes forever. And when she and looks, she's president. She's the president, and there's been an apocalypse, and everyone's dead except you know a handful of people. And by the end of her lifetime, every like the top twenty things that she did in her lifetime that mattered the most, the things you remember, you remember for the things you remember in your final moments, everything happened after that day. Everything right. happened. After. So it showed to me, even though it was a terrible story, you know, in terms of what happened with everybody, it showed that. You never know what will happen in your life. Now, everything in, in Hazel's life at the end that mattered, other than her parents, who are constants, you know, Isaac, Gus, everyone that she met, everything came about after she found out she was going to die of cancer. Mm-hmm. And that's the hopeful story for me, that I don't have cancer, but if I ever got it, maybe in the back of my mind, I'll think of Hazel and I'll think, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I'm kind of in that mode now where I'm looking out for other sources of this because it's possible to still wake up the next day and walk around the track and say, God, I'm lucky people are coming out for me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I'm kind of, but I think that's maybe why people are, I mean, some people just like check flicks and some people like crying in the movie theaters, but, mm-hmm. but this isn't like your standard romance. I mean, this is it's not. something completely mm-hmm. 
different. And I would argue it's something really much more real than what Mm -hmm. is often put out there because these are, you know, in some ways they have nothing to lose, I guess, but in other ways, like, I don't know. In other ways they have everything to lose. I mean, these are kids that facing their own mortality and yet they're so willing in whatever time they have left that they're like, you know what? I'm going to fall in love and you know, I'm just going to enjoy, enjoy it while I can. I mean, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that would not do that. They would not take that risk because they might say, you know what? I don't need that pain on top of the pain I already have. But right. these mm-hmm. two and people are willing like to put Harry it story. all out there. Well, that's like Harry. Yeah. Harry Potter, like pushing everyone away. Like no. away. like, no, because yeah, I don't it's, want anybody else to get hurt. Thing. No more casualties because of me. And it's like, well, yeah, that's great in theory, but that's probably not going to work. Clearly, Hazel's not mm-hmm. Harry Potter. Well, and clearly, so, Gus wasn't going anywhere. I mean, he was not giving her that option of, you know, you can just ignore me. Right. Know? And I have to say, he is absolutely adorable in the film. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is just she felt it was good casting. Adorable. Yes. Yeah. How did this, because Danielle and I haven't seen the film. When you read the books, the thing that got me, every time I started, because I started the book, I think on lunch, I had the sample and Sue recommended it. And I think I got to uh, the point where she goes home with him and says, Mom, please tape the America's Top Mall, whatever it is. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm watching a movie with Augustus Water. And like, this is a great dramatic line. Um, so I bought the book. Um, they, they don't talk like normal kids. They no, talk like they Jed Bartlett a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, mm-hmm. how does that come across on film when, cause it's one thing to hear it in your head. It's another thing to see it. Does, do they come across as natural? Like, how does that come across oh, on film? So natural and mm-hmm. so funny. I mean, you go into oh, yeah. it with this mentality of, okay, I'm bringing tissues to the theater with me because I'm going to cry my eyes out. And I, I too did not cry because I'm not very good at crying. Apparently in public, mm, so I freaking cry. baby. But I laughed so much more mm. than I really expected to in the in the movie, and maybe I had just forgotten some of the funny parts of the book. Mm-hmm. And I know that there were lines verbatim. I I heard them, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right out of the book. Oh yeah, that's right out of the book. But there, yeah, were there were some pretty funny lines <laughs> where I was. I mean, we were all just cracking up. And and then I had forgotten about Van what's his face? Oh, Van Helden. Coming, yeah. Coming to the funeral. Yep. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden he was there and I I so bad wanted just to go bastard in yeah. the movie theater. Yeah. But I refrained because my friend next to me was sobbing and I didn't want to, you know, spoil it. And again, for her. like that character I think is a great example of what we were talking about a few minutes ago of someone who comes across as a complete and utter asshole. Right. Right. And yet, when you and dig he, down deep... While still you know, completing other he's asshole. He's got way more going on. And yeah. he's like, this girl shows up on my doorstep who reminds me of my dead daughter. Right. Like, and he freaks. Asking now, what, what granted, happens he's a total life. bastard. I mean, that's whatever. He was. But, he you know, it's Extended that invitation with the knowledge that there was no way in hell those people were going to come and see right. him. Mm-hmm. And they showed up. Yep. And he had no idea they were coming because all of that went through the assistant who was trying right. really he hard just doing right to thing. make him human again. Yeah. Because he obviously is not. He's a hermit. He yep. lives in this. And and they did a great job with the mail on the floor in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For that. Um, you know, there was a lot that was left out. 
movie for the movie. Um, the one thing that struck me was the breathing apparatus that yep. she sleeps in. Oh, was that not? It was not in. There was a scene where you saw it next okay. to the bed. Yeah, but she never wore it. Um, and there were things. And at one point, I was like, "Oh, that's John Green." And Scarlett informed me that I was wrong. That oh, that was not him. No, that, that went I, through. He did you, do a cameo, but they cut uh, it apparently. Um, yeah, and actually, if you uh, kind of get on YouTube, you can kind of find it. Oh. Who, so, who, where was he in the deleted scene? He, I don't, I didn't watch the full thing because I don't know why I didn't. Um, <laughs> he's there. Ironically enough, for those of you who are very familiar with Vlogbrother videos, he was in the airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess, I guess, playing the airport to or from. I don't know. They didn't give that much context. Um, basically, and he had his character that he was playing had a daughter. He actually had a speaking role. It wasn't just like a random cameo. Um, and he had a daughter, and the daughter was like, what's that in your nose kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So, and then I stopped watching it, because, I don't know, I got distracted by yeah. something. But yeah, it happens in the airport, and then so it kind of, it's... Nice. I was curious, did they cut the scene where they're flying to Amsterdam in the airplane, and her mom's asleep, and the two of them are just watching movies? No, no. that's in there. Because they, they when I watched the trailer, because I, rem- I watched the trailer right after I finished the book, and mm-hmm. I noticed that they had the details were perfect. I remember she had the line that she couldn't believe she was wearing a purple bra, you know, when, when they had sex mm-hmm. that night because it didn't match. Like any guy would care. So I have a point we make on that. Yeah, and, she, and, and I, I know it's in the in the preview. She even had a purple, purple bra on. The um, the line where he confessed that he loved her, I thought was on the airplane to Amsterdam, but it looks mm-hmm. like in the trailer that they moved it to the restaurant. I wasn't sure if maybe they had cut the first scene or not, because that was the only thing that struck me in the trailer as not being true to the book. Yeah, I mm. don't think that he says it in the airplane. I think he says no, it. it's at dinner. He, yeah. At dinner. And Scarlett says that John, book, did he? John was, um, it, the cameo was in the airport to Amsterdam. Did, did he, am I remembering it correctly? No, he says it on the plane. He in says it on the plane. Okay, but mm-hmm. they moved in the, in the movie for whatever reason. They move it to the, okay. Yeah, I mean, they moved a few things. Like the, the champagne scene in the airplane isn't, doesn't happen. Okay. Hmm. But Hazel, after he, um, after they get back and he has his first bout of chemo or whatever, and he's coming home, and he's in a wheelchair, she takes him back to the boneyard, you know, that playground. Yeah. yeah. And they share champagne there, and I didn't remember yep. them sharing that No, champagne. that happened. That did. did it happen yep. there, too? Yeah. So it's been a while since I read the book. Yeah. I no, should have happened. reread it, but I was in the, I'm in the middle of his other one, so. I think, I um, one of the parts that, I don't know why this kind of stuck out to me, but it did, um, is, you know, he went through all this trouble arranging, um, using his wish to get to Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And he makes a big deal of saying, oh, well, yeah, they gave me the wish. It was, uh, I traded it in for my leg. You know, basically when I gave up my leg, I got the wish. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, that doesn't seem like true. And then I more thought about it. I said, no, he probably got the wish once he reali- they realized his cancer was everywhere. Probably. So I'm actually thinking he, that was his wish was just given to him. And without hesitation, he's like, no, we're doing this. Like, well, we're I'm thinking of the timeline. He found out when she had the, um, when she was in, when she was hospitalized, mm-hmm. he found out yeah. then. The so they were already it. planning the trip though, before. Were they? That happened. Yes. Yeah. Cause it was, yes. Because it was when she got out and they had the meeting with the doctors. Oh, okay. The doctor. So maybe that was true. No. Cause but, doesn't that just seem bizarre that you would get like, you know, the, the, 
Make-A-Wish Foundation or whatever it's supposed to be, you know, he never took when his, he, though, he got that wish, he never used his. He wasn't technically right. terminal, but well, he was probably. He, they, so no, that they, was, he had a fifteen percent chance right. of not surviving right. when they gave him that wish. Oh, okay, okay, and he chose now whether or not his leg. I mean, they yeah. would actually send them to Amsterdam as part of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. That I think might be a bit of a stretch. Well, I think but that's I've like the liberties you take. When I wonder if they sold it. Right. Hey, look, yeah. hey, look! I never used my wish. I was dying. You know, this other girl used hers, but look, she's dying. Here's the deal. Can you help us out? And some. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not a yeah. terrible, right. terrible and, stretch, but. And I know somebody that lives here with me in, in Oregon, in this area, who their wish was to go to Disneyland, and, and they said. Mm-hmm. Um, the child, the mother, and a companion Aww. to Disneyland. And they got to, you know, go to the front of every line and nice. all of that kind of stuff. Oh, and speaking of, if we have time at the end, I have to share what John Barrowman did on an airplane oh, later, if we have time. Hopefully it wasn't illegal. Mm-hmm. What I like about it is also that it, you don't ever get told how long Hazel has to live, but I like the foreshadowing of it that the doc, the other doctor can't believe that they would let her go to Amsterdam. And especially at the beginning of the book, all the kids who go to the group session, the ones who are in the elevators are the mm-hmm. ones without very much time left. And by the mm-hmm. end of it, she's always taken that elevator. Yeah. So I, I, I love, but how I, I, I like how the, and it was like a marriage at the end. Yeah. I do. I do. I love how like she describes <laughs> her lungs and about how they're crappy at being lungs. And I loved how she, um, when she went to Augustus's parents' house, or Augustus's house, after, I should say, um, but I believe it was after he had passed away, um, and his, I guess it would be his nephews, his three young nephews are running around like crazy, and she's like, they're just using up lung capacity like it's, like it's free, like it's never-ending, and she's just like, you know, and I'm like, that's just such a great description from someone who has such limited right. lung capacity who can't well, run around like it just he, it just was just so funny <laughs> when he sticks the cigarette in his mouth for the first time yeah. and she's just like she's like oh my god okay, you blew it <laughs> yeah you know what it's like not to be able to breathe and then he explains yeah. it to i her loved and, that i loved that reaction and it was really cool yeah. so amy on the chat says that her brother's friend got sent to australia with the make a wish foundation wow and the trip trip actually happened after he was already recovered. That's great. Mm-hmm. So oh, great that they do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I have a gripe with the movie. Okay. Okay. It's my one gripe with the movie, and it's a pretty stupid gripe, <laughs> but it's a gripe nonetheless. So I ask my everyone to indulge me for a moment. Okay. <laughs> the sex scene. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Okay. So. Shaley Woodley is a great actress. She's been in other films, including Divergent, very physically physically demanded, demanding action movies. And as with those roles, usually one needs to get in significant shape, and clearly she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a nod gripe that was brought up by one of my friends because he likes griping about random odd things too. She didn't look like she had cancer. Not in the slightest. She looked pretty. She cool. like she looked nothing like anyone with remote like she looked very fit mm-hmm. in in the in the topless scene um we only see her back obviously but mm-hmm. her back was pretty ripped <laughs> and so yeah. it's like and so for me it was like this moment of like not there's anything wrong with that i mean just like you know 
But, you know, when you have this girl who supposedly, you know, can't walk up a stair, can't walk upstairs, but has a rich back, it kind of pulls you out a little bit. How, yeah, no, I can no, totally actually, see that. How and, did they make, yeah. how did and they she make also doesn't like, have puffy face. Like, they, you know, she describes herself as having, like, right. the puffy face because of drugs. Like, she doesn't really have that. How but how make, do you give that to an actress who's young and healthy? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you can't. Well, know, like, here, take steroids for a month before. Well, no, because I know Laura Lenny, you know, I'm only on season two of, of The Big C, but I know she had given an interview where she said she had either lost weight or done whatever needed to be done so she could believably portray the mm-hmm. role of someone who had stage four cancer. I think it's probably different when you get hired to do a movie and you've got probably like seven weeks to shoot it. But there are things, <laughs> well, Tom Hanks you know, you, well, there are things you could do makeup wise, probably like they could have maybe, I don't know. They, they, they both they were very fit and youthful and healthy. Well, the thing is okay. they did, she did make a point of saying that Augustus, obviously up until his chemo started again, was physically fit. He was very mm. fit. Um, very fit. But uh, she never really, well, yeah, she never really describes herself, but I guess she just, I, I always pictured like, I the, the that round, she, puffy face well, because no, she, she, she that. mentions that. But I also take that she's deteriorating also because of I the I think that she's pretty use. thin because, but yeah. Now, how do they um, portray, because I know there's a quick scene where you see Gus once he starts declining. Do, do they make him believably look like he's dying from cancer? Mm. No. You know, they put him in the wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but like the bed scene where, you know, they have the hospital bed in the house. Yeah. None of that is there. Okay. You see him in the wheelchair. They, they do have the scene where he's in the car and he, you know, he pulls his shirt up and he says something's wrong and you can see that it's visibly infected. Okay. The feeding tube or whatever yeah, that G-tube was. tube or whatever. That was so gross. Um, and he's, and at that point, you know, he, they, he's drooling, he's got snot all over his face because he's been crying. Mm-hmm. They they did a really good job with that. In that yes, in that regard they did. But I would say aside from like the those situations, they really didn't look like cancer kids. Mm-hmm. They looked like Hollywood kids. Well, no, yeah. kids too, I'm yeah. thinking, and that's like, fine. And there's there's an element of dis- uh, uh, suspension of disbelief. Well, no, I think the thing is like like Tom Hanks lost a lot well, of weight mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for Castaway. I mean, you could say okay. Ha- Clearly, it was probably a combination of either, you know, we want her for the role. Here's her. She's in demand. Here's when you can use her. She only yeah, has two yeah. months, so you can't have her, you know, go on a, a, a starvation diet. But part of it, too, is we want a lot of people to come and see the movie, and they want to see two attractive kids mm, in the love story, and we don't want yeah. them looking like they're on death's door. But the, on the other hand, for that scene, they could have used a stunt back. Like, right. they could have, for example, hired me. To do the back scene, oh and they would have looked and been like, "Oh my god, she looks awful from behind." Aww. That would have been believable. I mean, they could have. Well, done. no, but there's just things also you can do with makeup. And, like I've been yeah. watching. Um, Give her a hump. I've been watching a lot of Nurse Jackie, and I won't say too much because Ryan hasn't watched it. But anyway, it's an ER. It's set in an ER, and a patient mm-hmm. comes in who's had lymphoma, been battling it on chemo, and it's an actor. Actually, he's in. Um, he's in Galaxy Quest. He is the one that gets killed in Galaxy Quest. And Alan Rickman says the line to him because, oh, you know who I mean? Is Hama, you will be yeah. And so, you know, younger, healthy Hama. actor. And, um, man, mm-hmm. they make him look so terrible that you, like, believe this guy is probably going to die because he just looks mm-hmm. terrible. And I hate to say it, but, like, when you're thinking of someone ill on chemo, that's kind of, like, what you picture because it just, it yeah. looked so bad. Mm-hmm. But, so, and I was, like, amazed by it because I'm like, wow, that's the same guy as 
that's on Galaxy Quest. But but I think you're right in that you know when you're dealing with like a 16, 17 year old kid, do you want to see? Well, that? they could they could do it by the end of the movie. Like I would yeah. I would actually like in my mind I was seen it. I was picturing it, yeah. like. And, you know, as I was reading the book, like, a totally deteriorated kid, like, as he got mm. down to yeah, the final. Yeah, I think if they had shown more of it, mm. then we might have seen that. But you see him, he confesses to her that he lit up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. And then you see him in the wheelchair going back to the bone playground. And then you see him in the car. And that's the last time you see him. Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't, oh, do, they the don't do like they the don't... pre-funeral and all that. Oh, they did do the pre-funeral, he, and he's in a wheelchair with yeah. a blanket over. Okay. By the end yeah. of the movie, does and she? I work... guess they do. When do they do the um, eggs egging? Before that, before that, yeah. Does she look near the? Oh no, he already was diagnosed when they do that. Does she look by the end? Closer, quote unquote, to death than she did at the beginning. Do they make her look worse as it goes? No, or she look not worse? really. But there are times, you know, like when they go into the Anne Frank house, mm-hmm. where she visibly gets pale, and where she's, you know, you can tell she's having trouble breathing and stuff like that. So they did do a little bit of that, but for the most part, no. I think that that the, um, the part in the Anne Frank house was probably my favorite mm-hmm. when, like. She just assumed everyone would be like, oh, God, those, look at those teenagers. They can't keep their hands off each other, and they're in this house they where all, there should be respect, and instead well, they are all cheering. Well, she's got an, o- well, she's I got mean, an oxygen tank. No, I know, but I just thought that that was great. I mean, I don't know. I love that. Well, and there's that whole thing that we talked about earlier with them putting the people on the bus and having to wait. Those people behind her going up the stairs had to wait while she mm-hmm. struggled up the stairs. Right. Those people behind her really had to wait when she climbed up that ladder. Yes. And my friend Jennifer next to me, when she saw the ladder, she was just like, oh, God, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. don't go. And and you can just see her. I mean, and that really, that shows Hazel's fortitude, but I think it shows kind of what I imagine that Esther had as well, mm-hmm. where it was like, okay, no, I'm going to do this. It might kill me in the end. Mm-hmm. But I have started this, and I'm going to finish it, kind of thing. And these people saw her yeah. struggling to get up those cha- those stairs, and they could have been assholes about it and just like tried to shove ahead of her or whatever. Right. But instead, they clapped when they kissed. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And like that's just what it is about perspective. In that this girl has to struggle to the point of exhaustion, and you know, just to get upstairs, and you know. It's just those simple little things that you take for granted when, like you said, when you have healthy lungs that work, you know, and she's just like, well, my lungs suck at being lungs. Like, it's just, yeah. I don't know, just love the perspective that she gives. Um, I don't know. It just makes you grateful for what you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I thought the movie was really well done. And, you know, I agree with Bob's point. She didn't look like she was very sick during the sex scene. Um <laughs> I, of course, you know, was going to, oh, dear, there's a teenage boy sitting next to me. But uh, that was okay. I Well, I would imagine it's not terribly graphic because it's, no, it it's thankfully not terribly graphic in the book either. <laughs> Which, because that just would have kind of thrown me out of it, I think, if they had feed gone that way. So I was glad that it was not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know. I, you know, I think the two of them had really good chemistry. Mm-hmm. They did. Oh yeah, really totally. well with it together. They stayed as close to the book as they could. I mean, they left out huge parts, but they were things that weren't really needed. Yeah. You know, the friendship with the girl from school 
that oh, wasn't yeah, there that at wasn't all. Oh yeah, really, yeah. that wasn't, wasn't really. But that wasn't really needed. Like, yeah, she wasn't really helpful. And the um, ex, and the ex girlfriend who passed. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, they don't do anything with with Augustus's ex girlfriend. That but I'm glad they egg Isaac's that. Isaac's ex girlfriend. Yes, and that part was so funny because and do does because you guys just read the book. Does mm-hmm. the mother come out? Yes. And he tells her to go back in. Yeah, yes. and she goes back inside. <laughs> and she goes back inside because, yeah, I didn't remember that part from the book. And, and he's basically yes. like, if you Hysterical. shame them into it, they'll just go back in the house. The one review I read of it said, too, that the kids didn't look like they had cancer and Isaac's threw too good to be a blind man. Like, he hit the car too easily. Oh, in the movie wow. but, yeah, uh, I, I, I probably agree with that. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I thought, which I liked about the book, was that it didn't spell things. Uh, it, it hinted at things, strongly hinted at things, but didn't say everything. Two things I picked up on, obviously, like I said, that you know, it seems like she's much closer to the death from her use of the elevator. But the second is Isaac's whole world that we see, his world is Gus and... In, in Hazel. Yeah. After, and, yeah, after, after, yeah. And all I can picture okay. is she's near, she's getting close to the end. What's, mm. he's what's gonna, he going to have? He's going to be blind, gonna have no, what's he going to do? And they never comment on it, but it's, it's very clear. And I was reminded, you know, for whatever reason, that image in my head of them making the house, I was reminded of um, Perks of the Wallflower mm-hmm. with, with Emma Watson. And it's this, fr- it's this trio, you know, Harry Potter, it's, it's this trio friendship. And by the end of it, they're down to two, and one's getting near the end. And all I could picture is, oh, God, poor Isaacs. He's going to have yeah. no one left. Granted, he has yeah. no can- his cancer is right. gone, but, he, I mean, he's he's depressed. And, and what, yeah. Lesser. And I was yeah. like, and they never said it. But it's clear as day, oh, God, he's got no one left. And I mm-hmm. love that they don't say, oh, gee, I just realized I'm going to have no one. Like, I, yeah. I love that. The, yeah, and there were other, name. like, um... I just wanted to say, too, before we stop, um, like, I think what I liked most about just the writing style, I guess, would be, I love the small moments that he kind of tucked in there, where, like, I loved when Hazel goes to, you know, Gus's house after he's already passed away, already had the funeral, and the sisters are there, and, oh, actually, no, I'm sorry, he's still, no, I'm sorry, he's still alive, because, you know, everyone is, like, placating Gus, like, oh, you know, can I get you this, do you need this, they're all, like, waiting on him hand and foot, and she's the only one, like, giving him shit, because, like, she knows he doesn't want to be pitied, and I really liked that, and I loved that, the I think it's the father, puts his arm around her, and it's just like, I thank God for you every day. Yeah. He's like, you know, because he needs you. He needs someone who's not going to just stand here and, and like, all the pity people, him. And all the people that come that. out of the woodwork after he dies, who mm-hmm. she never met, who never paid any attention to him while he was sick, who I, oh, he was such a great guy, he was yeah. a fighter, and all these different platitudes that yeah. that weren't true. I say this all the time, I, you know, people, like, my dad passed away 10 years ago, 11 years ago, 10 years ago, and everyone always, when someone passes away or when they look back at someone, they always put them on a pedestal and see the, in the strong mm-hmm. moments. I'm proud yeah. to say my father was a pain in the ass 83% of the time. <laughs> I mean, you have to get that. Yeah. And I love that this was a story that focused on the fact that Gus wasn't the brave little soldier at the end and Hazel wasn't going to be the brave little soldier. And, and you know, th- it showed that these are humanly flawed people mm-hmm. and there was still a lot of hope. Like we said, Bob and I, when we were talking about The Walking Dead, the episode where um, Carol shoots a couple of kids, I called it the most hopeful episode of the season. Right, yeah. Despite the sadness, you can pull hope from it. Despite, you know, the horrific thing of cancer, I love how they describe it not as this other thing, it's themselves. It's yes, that it's that. a part of themselves, yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know it, it's this horrible, horrible thing that's happened to these kids, and the entire book is about the hopeful things that 
come out of it. Everyone who is friends in this, I believe, including Isaac's and Isaac and Gus, know each other because because of because of yeah. cancer. Of everything cancer. Yeah, everything right. that happens to them is, is because of their cancer. And even though they're going to die young, they're they're going to die smarter. And it's like, you know, Danielle tells me all the time: drink your water, don't eat this. That's fattening. And people, oh, I don't. But no, you do. People well, drink you know, your water. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the thing is, people always know. Oh, you know, I shouldn't eat fatty foods. But I'm just not going to, I'm going to go Wendy's once. What's it going to do? Like people, you know, and you always hear, well, it doesn't matter how long your life is. It matters how well you live. And you always hear, none of us are going to get out of this alive. We're all going to die at some point. And you can logically hear that and you know it's true, but everyone wants to live longer. No one says, oh, you know, I'm fine if I die this year. Yeah, I mean, the same people saying, hey, you know, you only live once. It's like, yeah, but do you really want to die at the age of 40? Because I don't. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and and these kids get that. Yeah. Yes, while it's true they've lived a great life, it's still... Well, yeah, I know. And the interesting thing is, too, is that when when, um, Rena, when she was living with us for a little while and she was working at Children's Hospital, their definition of um, life expectancy, when they say, you know, your life expectancy will be great, they're, they mean like 10 years. Right. Mm-hmm. You're going to live to the ripe old age of 20. Yeah. Well, she is. And to them that point. that's great. And she, yeah, Hazel has a line. It's like when they told me my life expectancy, it was too depressing to even think about. So it's like, even right. though that drug was extending for years, mm-hmm. it still was really going to be a relatively short amount of time. Well, well and I think that the reason that the, her main doctor, mm-hmm said, yes, you can go, is because they know that she's not going to have very much time, and let's give her this. Yeah. Yeah, it might kill her but along the way, yeah. but at least she's doing something that she really wanted to do, and something that she, you know... Well, it's like, I hate to say it, if you're going to die soon anyway, wouldn't you rather mm-hmm. have that experience than... What, what mm-hmm. else is she going to do? Sit at home? Well, that's the conflict the parents have, because they treat her on some level like a normal teenager. No, you may not do this. Yes, you will come home. Yes, you will do this. But they have to balance that against her. She doesn't have a lot of time left. Right. Right. So, and that's going to be the trouble of parenting. You can't just turn off all the rules and let them live like adults because they're not. But on the other hand, you can't just say, no, you can't go. No, you can't do this. No, you can't do Because then mm-hmm. she's not go. And then. Right. And then she's yeah. going to, she's going to sneak out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. So one thing I have to say, I had forgotten, like I said, I, I read the book a while ago. So I, I didn't remember a lot of things, but I wanted to wear something Harry Potter related because I was going to this show. And I wore my always shirt. Aww. And Isaac and his girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Always. Always. And I was like, oh, I forgot that. Yes. So um, I'm laughing at Wolfie, who has, you know, Skyped me during the uh, podcast, which he's not supposed to do. But he uh, said, I said, you have to go see the movie. And he said, I already saw it. I bought tickets and everything. I never pay. So I said, and, and I'm waiting for a response, but he hasn't, hasn't said anything back to me yet. Yeah. Mm. So mm. It was one of those. And just because this is what's up on MuggleNet, it says, when you think you're making a bad decision, remember this. And the quote is, if you ever think you're making a bad decision, just remember what it must feel like to be one of the 12 publishers that turned down Harry Potter. <laughs> exactly. Bob sounds tired, and I just realized he's on the West Coast, so he doesn't get to be tired. Well, I've been narcoleptic yeah. all day. Well, so. I get to be tired because I've been up for it's a very long time. You have been up for a very long time. But let me really quick not share this story. Not necrophilia. I know. I said it could be worse. Uh, <laughs> and you get so confused all the time. 
<laughs> oh, by the way, um, mm-hmm. total side point. Mm-hmm. I uh, started a new anime with Mike that is supposedly ten times worse than another. Oh, have fun with that. Oh, good. And I want to challenge uh, Ryan and Daniel to watch it. Okay, what's it called? Corpse Party. Oh, God. Is it on... Um... Probably not. This is this this never aired because oh of how gruesome it is. Oh god! Oh, I'm not gonna watch this. <laughs> oh god! And it is pretty I, I freaking just gruesome. There's like little schoolgirls. Oh so no! It must be an anime. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if I can get through it, tell you what: if you can get through that, I'll watch another. Well, another just it wasn't that. Well, it, wasn't, it wasn't gory. It was just I creepy. I would watch it again. Like. I, I would well, watch I would Sword never. Art again. I would watch um, well, I would Fate watch, Zero again, but I wouldn't watch. Sword Art. I wouldn't watch another. Again. Well, I would watch another again because it, it's basically it's a. It's like well, it's not know. a whodunit, but it's there's a mystery. Yeah. That it's, it's more of a slasher. It's covered. Though. It's nice to watch again, knowing that the, the mystery and seeing mm-hmm. the foreshadowing that you missed. Yeah. Speaking of Sword Art Online, yes. When's that start up? Next month. August. Sweet. That's exciting. So this is volume three. This would be season two, but yes, this would be uh, covering Gungale Online, which is volume three. Yes, okay. It'd be kind of cool to maybe do like a. I don't know how. I don't know if they'll stream it like week to week, but if they do, it'd be kind of fun to kind of like go have it replace our Walking Dead. Time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Could, yeah, yeah. Then we can all watch it. Yeah. I'm assuming it's gonna be. Yeah. That's right. That's right, Sue. You need to watch it. Yeah, if it's simulcast yeah, yeah. on, uh, on Crunchyroll, absolutely. that would definitely be fun. Yeah, I'm definitely lots and lots of fun. I enjoyed that very much. But yeah, I was so if you can say like I think this um. Knowing, like, what we were all going to talk about tonight, like, I think was really great. Like, I don't know, I was looking forward to it all day, because I'm like, oh, we just talk about Fault in Our Stars tonight. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're having... I, that'd be I think, a good idea to have, the, like, um, a regular For the thing. listeners here, we're mm-hmm. trying to... I mean, the, the, the reality about what we do is we wanted this to be a podcast about what's going on week to week, because when we did Perfect Weekly... You know, we would want, we would get excited about something. And we're like, okay, let's discuss it, and we would put it on the schedule, and we would get to it the following winter, right. and by then we forgot what we wanted to say about it. So we're trying to do like a week to week thing, but sometimes we just show up and you know maybe we don't thought we had more to talk about, but don't have enough. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to you know plan topics, things we mm-hmm. want to discuss, but also um, because like for example, Jen, God knows where the hell she is. She's in Missouri somewhere. Um, Missouri. 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 Because we get busy, we're going to try and bring in um, some guest hosts. I know we, we reached out to a lot of the people who used to do profile and a lot of them are very excited. So we may bring some of oh. them in, some of, you know, anyone that, you know, Bob's used to. Guess who I talked to? Who'd you talk to? Aaron. How the hell is Aaron? Is he still laughing? He's doing really good. How's he my. Was on Facebook and I said, he's alive. <laughs> he laughed at me and, and we, I mean, it was like three sentences back and forth. It wasn't very much, but at least we got to chat for a few minutes and he said everything's going well with him. So. Very good. That's good. Just had to throw that in there. I'm sorry. Nice. I know he lost a ton of weight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, cause like, <laughs> I've seen recent photos of him, and last time I saw him, like when I hung out with him in As- Alcatraz, Alcatraz, where the hell is supposed to be, <laughs> he's lost weight. And good, good job on him on his part. That is definitely a difficult thing Aaron, to do. Uh, for Selena, Aaron, not Aaron, Aaron. Ah, well, it was yes. actually a problem. My cousin used to. Um, she was. She has a Pennsylvanian accent, and she was dating a man named named Aaron, like like podcaster Aaron. And mm-hmm. because of her accent, she would, it would come out as Aaron. And she would call him her partner. So this is my, you know, I, I was with my partner, Aaron, and everyone thought she'd become a lesbian after she got divorced. And there was this entire thing. And apparently it was just mm-hmm. That just reminded me of that. But, um. Ryan, I think you make this shit up. I don't. Partner. You do. <laughs> no, I'm really sure you made that no, up. her partner, Aaron. Yeah, no partner one ever Aaron. thought it was a woman. I did. Okay, so you thought it was a woman. There were others. 
No. Yes, she no. was the one. No. I'm going to bring this full circle. She was the one that blew her eyebrows off. Remember that freak grilling accident? I remember, remember the that? freak that, grilling that, accident. Yeah, yes, was, I do. That, that was, right. I, I call her Uncle Leo. To it's 9.42. I think we need to wrap. We should probably okay. call it. Before no, I really, do, really, I, really fast. I, can I just tell this John oh, Roman thing really, really fast? Okay. So they came over for um, Phoenix, one of the Phoenix cons. And uh, he was in first class, obviously. And he was talking to the stewardess, and and she said something to him about maybe serving or something like that. And he said, oh, I would love to put on your uniform mm-hmm. and go serve ice cream to the passengers in, in coach. And so he, he put on her jumper. I don't know what exactly he put on. And he put on lipstick, and he went through the cabin passing out ice cream. Nice. <laughs> and this guy went, oh, my God. What are you doing on my plane? And John said, "Are you a virgin?" Because they were on Virgin Airlines. And he's like, "Your plane? Are you a virgin?" Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, "He's tweeting out. And he's like, oh my god, Captain Jack is it's giving me ice lollies." <sighs> and he said to he said to John, he said, "You know, it's kind of melted." And he and John said back, "Well, you know, Captain Jack, he'll always have something hard for you." Oh. And there was a little girl on the flight, and she was talking about Disneyland. They were going to Disneyland, maybe, and she was. he said, well, who's your favorite princess? And she told him, well, he sang the song. And he said, I got halfway through the song, and I realized that I sing it with dirty lyrics sometimes. Mm. And I was hoping really a lot that I was singing it with the right lyrics because <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it the other way. So, but could you imagine being on a no. plane and here comes Sean Barrowman with a stewardess's uniform and lipstick passing out ice cream for you? Oh my God, it's kind of, it would be pretty funny. And, and Nathan Fillion was at the same con and he was answering questions and he's like, Oh, that was such a great question. I wish I had something. Usually I have something for the, for people, and I I didn't bring anything. I know. Here, you can have my watch. And he takes his wow. watch off his arm, and he throws it out to her. And then the next person asks the question. He's like, oh, man, I wish I had something for you. And the guy that's the podium guy that just stays there to make sure everything's fine, he goes, I got a watch. And Jen's like, yo, you don't mind? Or Nathan's like, you don't mind? He's like, no, here. So they give that person a watch. Mm. And they sit back down. And the next thing you know, he's got another watch on his wrist. So he had bought this envelope of of watches that were probably just really cheap watches, and he was giving them away. But at first, you were just like, "Wow, he gave away his watch!" I was like a Rolex because he's so rich. <laughs> but the next thing you know, he's got another watch on his wrist, and you're like, "Where'd that come from?" So it was really cute. It, it was a it was a fun thing to watch. I spent my my last couple of days watching Q and As from Arrow and and different things. So okay, Bob, what were you gonna say? Uh, I have. Two quick things. Uh, I'll make them quick because I know we need to wrap. One, um, for those of you who watch Strip Search, um, the, the folks over at uh, Penny Arcade Television, they are in the process of doing their PATV, with, you know, the documentary of the Penny Arcade people. The past two episodes have been about strips, like behind the street scenes on Strip Search. Very interesting watches. I highly recommend you watch it in general because so it's an amazing. Just go to the PAX website and find out. Uh, more, more so, Penny. Penny, Penny-arcade.com. Uh, yeah. Uh, watch those great stuff. Second thing, I have a request of anyone who wants to do so. I've begun playing a game on my 3DS called Tomodachi Life. Uh, basically, it is a, a so it was like The Sims meets a crazy-ass Japanese game show. <laughs> um, it's really crazy, and it basically takes your Miis and 
that's life generate. It's really fun. So if anyone wants to send me their Mies and so they can be a part of my Tomodachi Life Island, I'm looking at anyone who owns uh, Wii's, Ryan and Danielle. I I, I will uh, post the crazy scenarios that the game comes up with. Oh, that would be funny. I had to uh, double check because Bob Yeah, no, we have Mies. Well, Bob sent a thing asking if we had Mies, and you know I'm not really into gaming, so I didn't know if that's (laughs) what... No, because remember on Big Bang Theory, they had a joke, well, I like PlayStation 4, I like this, I like this, and Bernadette's like, I have a Wii! Yeah. Everyone laughed at her, so I'm like, I don't know if he's talking about the Wii. Well, I figured he was, so what do we have to do? What we're going to say? I don't know. I'll look into it. All right, yeah, let us know. Let us know. So I'm, I'm very interested in okay. seeing all the craziness that happens. Right. So yeah, that's all for me. Oh, and I've been playing a ton of Wildstar. If you like MMOs, play Wildstar. Jen, this is the next best thing to happen since World of Warcraft. Come play with me. I'm done. All right. So with that, guys, I'm out of here. All right. Danielle's dozing. So from all of us here at the Potterfic Weekly Studios, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Point of View Weekly. Be sure to join us next week at some randomly decided time that will be figured out probably more than likely 45 minutes before we go live. Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll try to let you know through our Facebook account. But until then, uh, I've been Bob. I've been Ryan. I'm Daniel. I'm Sue. And we will catch you guys sometime next week. Good night, yes. everyone. Bye. 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 And I actually listened to the podcast that you guys did without me. And Bob was asking people for ideas or if they would be interested in Puffle After Dark. So I never um, saw any information from that. and It would have been very easy for me to miss. So if you are interested in Puffle After Dark or have some ideas of things that we can move after dark, um, ouch. Um, if you want to shoot me a message or post it on the Facebook or something, I will get some notes together. Um, I know for sure that we'll probably be doing Cards Against Humanity. I don't know if we're going to record it, but we'll see what happens. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. there you go. We'll do that when we arrive, and I'll blush playing it with Sue and her mom. Yeah. That's going to be fun. All right. Good night, everyone. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.